here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super J cast. I'm Joel Abraham back from my trip to Osaka and with me is Damon McDonald. How's it going Damon? It's um I, I would say fair to partly cloudy, right? I'm excited for the uh, G1. I'm excited for all that New Japan has for us in uh, the coming weeks and months. I think everybody else is. I see uh I get a, I get a lot of messages and a lot of uh, uh texts with everyone's excitement, but uh, I'm a little under the weather today, Joel, um, shockingly enough. I don't know how I contracted this. I don't know uh, what uh, nastiness I've uh, run into, but apparently I have a little bit of the, uh, as they call it, the pink eye uh, currently, and uh, it's bothersome. It's, uh, but I feel like my eye, I feel like I've been punched in the face by, uh, by Michael Elgin. <laughs> I feel like I got a big meat, meaty elbow right in the eye. Um, so, but I'm going to persevere. I'm going to I'm going to push through. I know uh, you're excited for the World Cup. You got that on in the background, but uh, we're excited today because we have a lot of grounds to cover when it comes to the New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, I would not be doing my duty as an Englishman if I didn't clumsily crowbar in a reference to our big win last night with uh, Harry Kane getting all three points for the three lines against Tunisia. Uh, as much as it pains me to say that as an Arsenal fan, because Harry Kane plays. For Tottenham, who are Arsenal's North London rivals. But, of course, those club allegiances go out the window during the World Cup. But uh, moving away from the three lines, let's talk about the lines of New Japan Pro Wrestling today, shall we? Yeah, that's the, I, I like your little segue there. That was nice. That was, that's, that's professional broadcasting stuff right there. Yeah, I've been uh, sitting in my master's course today, planning notes for the show, uh, scripting all this stuff. So if it's a bit more polished than usual, that'll be why. Nice. I like. See, listen. Even I, I guarantee you, you were probably jotting down things, little notes while you were in Osaka and 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 on and on holiday. Uh, I bet you had just a lot of things in your head that you wanted to cover. See, this is good. I like. I like the fact that you do your homework. You, you prepare. You do a lot of show prep. Uh, you make this show run smooth as silk. Yeah, it's something I look forward to. I, I take great pride in my work, but there is something I want to get out of the way quickly. It's usually something I'd save at the end of the show, but uh, when you do the plugs at the end of the show, everyone always skips that stuff. As soon as I'm listening to a podcast and they start doing the plugs, I'm just hitting the fast forward button and, and skipping to the end of it. But I do want to ask everyone who's listening, please, to go and give us a five-star review on iTunes because it's one of those things that people always say and the listeners never bother to do it. But I actually went on iTunes today because I was so bored in class. You know, we've only got 23 ratings and eight reviews. I'm oh. appalled. I'm shocked at how low that is. Yeah. For a show I... that's free, 
And, yeah. you know, we could be putting all this stuff behind a Patreon paywall. We, we're giving this out, like, you know, nearly three hours of audio gold every week and eight reviews. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Uh, you know what it is, though? I, I, I will be the first to admit that I'm guilty of that. So I, I might listen to a podcast or two, uh, not necessarily pro wrestling related either. Um, and you know what? I, I As I sit here today, I don't know if I've actually given them a review. So I'm going to do that after we get done. I'm going to write a little note to myself to do that, to make sure I contribute. Yeah, that would help us out. Listen, everybody asks, how can we help the, sh- the show? How can we do blah, blah, blah? You know, well, that's, that's really one thing. If you could hook us up with a little review, that is always helpful. That always makes us feel good. Again, we, 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 we only accept five stars, so... You know, don't bother if there's anything else than that. Um, but yeah, if you could, that would be that would be excellent. I think uh, that, that it's always helpful. It, it helps. To, like it's their algorithm, like iTunes's algorithm, and I don't fucking know, but um, it sounded important. Give us a five star. Help us out, please. And also, while we're here on, on the on the early plugs, um, editor Dan. Editor Dan, I know that uh, we talk about him at the end of the show, but Editor Dan is the, is the is the gentleman who puts together this this uh, this fine audio product that you receive every single week, and um, he does an outstanding job. And sometimes we give him shit to start, and he makes it you know smelling like a rose. So uh, follow Dan. Uh, where, where, what's his YouTube channel again, Joel? You know that off the top of your head. Yeah, it's 219 Films, and he's actually got a new video up that includes a little clip of me eating my dinner at Sushi Zanmai in Osaka. So a little bonus for you there to go and check out his video. And we really did give him a big pile of shit to deal with. Well, I did, rather, because my uh, audio track was brought to you by fucking Rice Krispies last week with all the snap crackling and popping going on there. So give the man some love, please. Somebody put on Reddit, I always forget names, somebody put on Reddit, and I swear to you, I was sitting on the couch, and I roared laughing. I spit out my drink. Um, somebody's put, like, uh, Damon insisted that the, that the recording be on vinyl. This or Music Damon wanted it on vinyl. And I, I thought that was the greatest thing. And you know what? I looked in the, into the history. Um, that same guy had a comment. And I forget which one, what it was exactly. But it made me laugh so hard I gave him Reddit gold. I, like, I was just like, this, this is the greatest thing ever. So he's two for two, this guy. So uh, I, I forget the name, but you know who you are. So uh, thumbs up again. You, you're making me laugh. And if you can do that, you are okay in my book. All right, Joel, what else we got to, to – uh, what other housekeeping we got out of the gate so that we can get this out of the way? Because I am super fucking pumped up. As the kids say, pants are down. For this G1. Uh, what else we got? Well, okay. Well, let's get the, the fluff out of the way and then let's warm ourselves up. Um, I got in a bit of an argument with Lance Hoyt on Twitter this morning about oh, no. mint chocolate. What, what's your take on mint chocolate? <laughs> well, over mint, like mint chocolate chip stuff? Like mint flavor? Just and sh- mint chocolate flavored sweets. Um, candy. It's, I mean, it's not horrific. I don't. I don't hate it. Um, truth be told, I prob- it's probably not my first go-to. It's probably not my first grab. But um, I think I think the flavors mix well. Why Wait, are you are you getting into arguments with other like what is it with you and the food? Like you're you're, you're you, first it's flip. Now it's fucking. Uh, uh, I mean, come on. You're uh, you're 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 getting to be a, bit, a little bit of a food snob here. Yeah, I, I need to rein myself in a bit. Um, sorry, Lance. You're, it's okay to like different things. I'm trying to yes. be more tolerant. 
I happen what? to love mint chocolate. I think it's delicious. He doesn't like it. That's okay, Lance. That's fine. Yeah. Like, yeah. We've got no beef with you. I'm, I'm a big fan of your work. Is he is he yelling at us about it? No, I think it, it was all good-natured stuff. All right, good. L- Lance has a lot of fun on Twitter. Yes, uh, from what I hear. Uh, I like, and also, I'm getting feedback, Joel. Uh, first of all, you're doing an outstanding job running that fucking Twitter account. Thank God. Um, one, I got, I got, I got, I got sent me. I got, see, I got spies all over the place. I got people watching, right? Correct me if I'm, I'm wrong. Now. What have they found? <laughs> Correct me. I'm if I'm upset wrong. a few characters, haven't I? Listen, I got, I got people in Australia. I got people. I got people everywhere. I got people everywhere. Japan. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. There was a little conversation with you and Kevin Kelly. Yeah, I wasn't sure if Kevin knew that you were back on the airwaves. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I, truth be told, I, I don't know. I haven't had a conversation with him in, in a long time. Um, I don't know. Either that's a great, that's a great question. I mean, I don't think we've gotten usually when we get mentioned. Um, my phone. It's like, hey, Kevin Kelly mentioned you. Um, and that hasn't happened in a long time. So, yeah, um, I don't know. But, I mean, why? Did he mention us? Did he, what, what did he say? What, what happened? Give me, give, me the, give, me your, give me your tale. Give me your side of the story. I was just on Twitter while he was live tweeting, while he was watching the Kids on the Road show yesterday. And he posted a comment about uh, Yota Suji against um, Yuya Uemura. And so I just... Tried to get in there quickly as I could so he'd see it and asked him who he thought would win the first match. And he said he thought Suji would because he's got the size on him. And then I just thought I'd get in there while he was looking at his phone and remind him or, or inform him if he didn't know that the the lovely Damon McDonald was back in the podcasting game in case he didn't know. Because I, I want that shout out on a New Japan show. Yeah. Yeah, I need that. I need, I need that in my life. Listen, my life's not that great, right? I need, I need little pleasures. I need unknown pleasures by Joy Division. Um, Maybe the listeners can help us out with that. Just like bombard Kevin Kelly's uh, Twitter saying, yeah, Super J cast, it's great. That would no, be wonderful. Can, can 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 we do that? Can we can we just flood Kevin just to kind of say, hey, listen to us again? That'd be nice, right? I see. I hate doing because here's the thing: the first time it happened, it was so organic, like it was just so like out of the blue. Like, whoa, what the fuck? And then it happened a couple times, and, and he's always been very, very – like, here's the thing with Kevin. He is the smartest guy to me in, 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 in pro wrestling because he utilizes the community to help spread the word. Um, and he recognizes the community, and he um, not only recognizes, but he doesn't put us down. Like, like, what other wrestling announcer? Every other wrestling announcer, like, treats f- their fans like shit, it feels like. You know what I mean? Like, people yeah, who Corey do what Graves. we do. It, right, right. I mean, I mean, it's just like we're, we're fucking nerds sitting in our fucking basement. Let me tell you something. I guarantee you I make more money than, than fucking half of those announcers. I fucking guarantee it, right? Um, I'll, I'll put up tax returns against anyone. Uh, tweetable. Right. <laughs> That's tweetable right there. Um. Well, I, I, maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm blowing smoke out my ass. But my point being is this: um, he treats, he, he recognizes the community. He, he understands the value that they have um, to make his life easier. Right? Um, he's not constantly fucking arguing with people on Twitter, um, like like Dave. Jesus Christ! But here's the thing: Dave 
I know we're going off on a tangent. Uh, Kevin Kelly is 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 the bee's knees and help us out, listeners. You got two jobs. One, give us that the fucking five star gimmick on uh, iTunes. Two, um, let's let's remind Kevin Kelly who uh, you know you know the podcasts you know the people's podcast is back. You know, so <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. All right, hey, speaking of podcasts, let me can we talk a little bit about the podcasts, um, Joel? I talk no other language. <laughs> All right, real quick. There are a fucking ton of New Japan Pro Wrestling podcasts out there, aren't there? Like, it doesn't there seem like every week somebody's got a fucking New Japan podcast coming out? Uh, it does seem that way, but you know, the more the merrier. I welcome the extra uh, interest and, and eyeballs on the products. It's, I do it's too. Not a bad thing. I do too. I think that there is room for everybody and and different tastes and different delivery methods. And different styles. I, I I think it's a good thing, but I just like it seems like every week I kind of want to be like, where the fuck were you people two years ago? I know a little gatekeeper, a little gatekeeper Damon for you, right? A little gatekeeper, but it was just kind of like Jesus Christ. I mean, uh, you you could tell a product is red hot when you know every week you're looking. And it's like, oh, here's another one. Oh, here's another one. Oh, here's another one. Um, let me ask you this: Do you listen to anybody else? Um, in terms of New Japan. Yeah, it's, uh, New Japan only podcasts, uh, or or that talk about New Japan. Okay, um, let me get the the podcast out. Pocket Casts, that's the app that I use because it's All great. Right. Um, so I listen to um, Eastern Lariat on yes. the MLW network. That's very good. I think they do uh, a great job. Good takes there. Uh, sometimes listen to Killing the Town with old uh, Don Callis on there from time to time. Do you like that one? It's okay. Okay, I like it when they're sort of playing straight, but when they're doing the uh, kayfabe stuff, like you know, trying to build up, yeah, let's say a Sammy Callahan, Chris Jericho feud for the Jericho Cruise, then it's uh, less interesting to me. I agree. Okay, good. But I, good, um, all right, good. What else? Yeah, post wrestling with uh, John Pollock waiting. I think yep. they're excellent. Okay, um, they talk about New Japan from time to time. And Voices of Wrestling, obviously, the flagship is excellent. All this stuff is great. But in terms of people who speak about New Japan, um, Wrestling Omakaze with uh, John Carroll, uh, mm-hmm. they are excellent as well. Some mm-hmm. quite critical, but not unfair takes on New Japan Pro Wrestling. Right. So how about yourself? I, I agree. Um, I listened to, pr- to probably each of those at various times of my life, right? So um, I don't, I can't say I'm, um, you know, the subscribe button is necessarily hit, but I'll check in on all the ones that you mentioned. I think, again, Lanza and 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 Rich, to me, set the bar when it comes to fan produced podcasts. I think I think they are outstanding and consistently outstanding. Agree. Um, that is my number one. When I see the Voices Wrestling flagship, everything else goes to the back of the queue, and that's three hours of pure enjoyment for me. Yep. I think I, again. I think they set the bar. And when we started the Purecast, like. You know that in my mind, that's who I thought. Okay, that's the, the that's the bar, right? That's who that's who's setting the bar. Um, I think uh, keeping it strong style. I think it is. I think they do a real good job. I think they do a real good job. Um, and here's the thing: I have no problem saying these things. Like, I want people to listen to to find the product that they love and 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 listen to us, please. But listen to everybody because I think it only helps, right? Um, yeah, I, think they I do know real- there's people out there who. 
are not necessarily enjoying some of my takes. So yeah, yeah if you find something else that you enjoy, go for it. There's uh, plenty of room for everybody. Yep, and I think they they do a good job. Um, who else do what did why did they have? I, you know what I think is a really good one. Um, and not necessarily, and we'll get off this, but um, I don't know why we're doing free plugs here. But um, I think oh, a, 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 a site that really f- fucking cornered a market, you know, it found, okay, everybody can do match reviews. Everybody can do their takes on what they like and what they don't like. But what, like, the Lion's Marks, is it? Lion Marks? I think they, like, the idea of the translations and... And even the vice versa translations, right? Tr- translating the these the English stuff to Japanese for a Japanese audience, I just think they're so like like I just think that was just such a, a great resource and and just a, such a great idea and to be able to do it. The hardest part about doing this is doing this consistently well, right? Is is to every week putting out content and finding the time to do it. Um, once you get that down. Um, I think it's it's easier. But I, I will give one tip to anybody thinking about doing a fucking podcast, and I know we're probably guilty of this. Like, make sure your sound quality is good. Like, it's tough for me to listen if your sound quality is not good, right? And and I mean like the like the um, blog talk radio people, you know, like like you sound like you're you're you know you sound like you're fucking underwater, and that's you can't do that. So. Uh, that's the only Damon advice I'll give for podcasters is just make sure your audio is on point as possibly as it can be. All right. I enough. would give some advice as well. Just yeah, please. Be careful what you say because I have – I still uh, do this uh, other wrestling podcast with my friends Alan, Sipsy, and Dan, editor Dan, called The Smart Cast. And on that, no one listened to it, so I could say whatever the hell I wanted and face no repercussions. But now that people are actually listening to this one, yeah. I've got to be a bit careful because I'm – fairly outspoken person so there were two uh segment ideas that i had for this show that i'm gonna have to bury and never use again damon oh no well maybe we could do that privately but yes you will find that people will and and that's a good thing and i'm I'm gonna say this as a guy who sometimes speaks before he thinks is you're supposed to ask what the segments were i i, I am gonna ask that question i am gonna ask it but, oh wait oh wait and i you getting called out on stuff is, is is not a bad thing. Okay, so what are those those segments, Joel? All right, segment number one was going to be uh, wrestlers who are dickheads because I disagree with their political leanings. Oh, <laughs> uh, I you know what I when you I is this about the AJ thing? <laughs> I can't possibly comment. I've learned my lesson. This show is for everybody. Oh, it is. Yes, and I and listen. I would agree, but and again, I think um, you may not necessarily agree with with uh, what Joel has to say or agree with what I have to say. But um, yes, you, when you say those type of things, people will respond. All right. What's what's number two? What's 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 number two? Number two. I hope you're sitting down for this. Uh, this segment is called Joel states wrestlers are in a relationship as if it was a verifiably, verifiably proven fact when it's more so just his idealized fantasy based on hearsay. <laughs> uh, look, well, listen, I think um, the first time, the first go round, I was like, whoa, I, I, I mean, I, I even I was like, I don't, are they really in a thing? And, a, and I mean, it's always kind of implied. There's blah, blah, 10 blah. years of photos of them like cuddling and kissing and going out for meals together and, you know, going bowling together. Like, come on. Uh, I mean, look, 
until they say, until they say it, you can't, you can't, I mean, you can speculate, but um, I, again, to, to lay it out as fact, I, you know, listen, uh, I, you know, I'm good for, I got a, I got a best friend that I hang out with all the time, right? We go out, we have fun, we have drinks. Doesn't mean I'm in a relationship with the guy, right? Yeah, fair enough. No, right. Point taken. You know, listen, he may get a, he may get a drunken peck on the cheek, right? Doesn't mean we're in a relationship. Listen. You know, there's been there's been some late night drives where you know there's been some hand holding and you know maybe some hands strayed a little bit, but that's just, you know, that's just between friends, Joel. You know these these things happen, right? Yeah, I get it. You know we we go shirtless. You know we go you know it's, it's just, you know things happen. We're, we're friends. Like you've never Tell been me more. there before. <laughs> now I'm interested. <laughs> now you're in, right? All right, all right, all right. Listen, people are waiting anxiously. Um, for some pro wrestling talk. Enough of this okay. nonsense. And, and, right. and again, pro that's probably our biggest. But, but here's the thing. It, we need to kind of, we kind of, we need to get going. It's fucking eight o'clock in the morning here on the East Coast. I got to, I got to get juiced up a little bit over stuff. It helps me, helps me warm up. I'm an old man. I can't just jump in. If you want somebody to jump in, go, go find somebody else. All right, here we go. Okay. What do we got? You'll like this one. Uh, did you see that video of uh, Jushin Liger starting a fight at a baseball game? Yes, yes, I did. Yes, the, the, he pitched a little inside. That fucking mascot was hogging the plate. Let me tell you something. He was hogging the plate. So uh, Liger did a little brush back, and uh, away we went, right? They charged the mound, and, and uh, Liger took care of business. I did see that. Loved it. Okay, great. I thought you'd enjoy that. Um, yes. I'm going to move through these quickly. Uh, next one, let's talk about uh, the seven stars from Big Daddy Dave for that uh. Omega Ricardo match. Look. There's some real galaxy brain takes out there. I saw someone getting in an argument with him on Twitter, and this is exactly what they said to him, word for word. When you get a new greatest match ever, which you have to be wary of recency bias in the first place, just declare all previous five-star matches 4.95. If you granulated your scale beyond quarter stars, that would solve the need to go over 100%. There's motherfuckers out there graphing this shit. You know what I mean? It's like... It's. I can't imagine getting so worked up over a fucking made-up scale. It's. It's just mind-boggling. I don't know how Dave does it. I'm, I'm going to be truthful. I have no idea how he fucking does it. Uh, I, 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 that this is this is this is exactly the reason why I, I can't just do Twitter because it's just just numb nuts, as uh, Jeff Jarrett would say. I just can't believe the the fucking like. Be honest with me. Is this this is just people? They're not serious, right? They're just trying to get a rise out of them and just fucking trying to get a reaction, right? Because they can't be that fucking stupid, right? Right? I I don't know. I can't tell these days. I'm not a very intelligent person when it comes to stuff like that. So some stuff that I think just looks like pure trolling, people might really mean it from the heart. So you're asking the wrong person here. I got upset because uh, last week, one of our listeners, and I, I apologize, I can't remember who it was, um, sent a tweet saying, hey, asshole, uh, Prince Devitt was in the Best of Super Juniors and G1 in the same year. And right. I said, well, thanks for that. But was there any need to call me an asshole? Forgetting, of course, that that was exactly what you said on the show. So it was a humorous little callback to the show. And I thought someone was being really insulting. So ah. again, I'm oversensitive to these things. Ah, see? Well, listen, you got to get some thick skin if you're going to be on the Twitter. Um, here's the thing with the, with the seven stars. Um, look, it was the greatest match he's ever seen. I mean, this is not some fucking schmo who just hopped in and decided to watch wrestling two years ago, right? 
this is a guy who has watched it all and 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 has physically been in the you know in the areas of some of the greatest wrestling of all time. The guy lived when he was a kid. He would be in Dallas for Von Erich, that whole Freebird Von Erich nonsense. He was there, right? He spent summers in Florida, so he's seen the Dusties and the and the Harleys and the and the Funks and the Kevin Sullivan. You know, and he, he he would get tapes and watch. I mean, it's his fucking job, right? Uh, so. You know, and he's seen it all from Tenru to Jumbo to Hanson to Brody to to you know Muda and Hashimoto and and Kawada and he's he's watched it all, Portland, Calgary, and he's telling you, hey, you live right now in one of the greatest moments uh, in pro wrestling history in my mind, and I've seen a lot of pro wrestling. I, I don't understand why people just can't respect that and say, okay, this this he's telling me it's very this this is the greatest thing he's ever seen. Now maybe I watch it and I might have the same opinion. Again, I you might not have the same you know body of 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 wrestling to draw from to make that fair comparison, right? Like like if you if like truth be told, if really your 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 frame of reference is Undertaker, Shawn Michaels. You, you got to open it up a little bit, right? Because there's plenty that you're missing, right? I like Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. I, I, I do too. I thought it was a fantastic match, but I. But in that same breath, this is the same guy that has, has watched, you know, hundreds of Manami Toyota matches, or Dump Matsumoto matches, or um, Misawa matches, or you know what what have you. Um, it's just mind-boggling that why can't you just take that opinion and say oh okay he thinks this is the greatest thing ever watch it if you agree great if you don't agree all right you can come to the table with some disagreement you know, why you might disagree but aside from that it's just i don't get it and here's the thing at the at the end of the day who gives a shit like who i mean I'm, who cares you go, I'm going to get on Quite Twitter. A lot of people, if Twitter's anything to go by. Oh, my God. It's like, I'm going to get on Twitter and I'm going to be angry pro wrestling guy. It's like, come on. Over, if you like, if you think it's the greatest ever, but it's just, like they're upset over this scale. Like, is that really what it is? You're upset over this imaginary fucking scale? Fucking nonsense. Unbelievable. What I will say is, uh, what I said at the time, the only reason I started watching New Japan is because he gave six stars to the original Okada Omega match at Wrestle Kingdom 11. And as a result of that, it's opened a whole new world of fun and enjoyment for me. So if his star ratings lead to new people watching something new and enjoying something new and getting into it, then that's a great thing. Joel, I'll never forget. So being at the Dome for that show and then the next day, Dash... And uh, I was hanging out with uh, uh, friends from Sydney, Claire and Kyle. And uh, Kyle is awesome. And, and you got to meet him. He's great. Um, so he, he was the guy who was just feeding us beers. He, he's just one of those great guys. And I, I'll never forget, we're at Cork and Hall. And he, he has an extra beard. He has one for me. He's just, here you go, dude. Uh, and he goes, Damon. And he just looks at me and he starts giggling. He goes, Meltzer gave that match Okada Omega six stars, mate. And I was like, six stars? And he goes, six stars. And we just started laughing our asses off because it was hilariously great. Um, I don't know, man. I just think that we, we, we were coming off of one of the greatest moments, and I said it you know, previous, 
one of the greatest moments ever in pro wrestling history. Uh, you're living it. You're, you're, you're in it. Enjoy it. it. Fucking enjoy it. I don't care if you're a fan of WWE. I don't care if you're a fan of fucking Noah. I don't give a fuck if you're a fan of stardom. Who cares? Watch. That's, you, you're watching great pro wrestling. Fucking enjoy it. Come on. You're in it. And then you're gonna, and then you're gonna ruin it over. Ah, stars! Oh my God! Gee whiz! I don't know. I just don't get people, man. I fucking just don't. I'm leaving this earth. <laughs> fuck, this, fuck this! All right. See you next week, everyone. <laughs> right. All right. What else we got there, Joel? Okay, uh, more news on the upcoming Japanese movie. My dad's a heel wrestler. Uh, there's some names for the characters have come out which i think are worth mentioning uh we're going to see okada taking the role of dragon george playing the hero uh taguchi is going to be playing cockroach mask's partner fly mask the rest of the roster will be playing themselves except uh togi makabe will be playing a character called sweet gorilla mariyama and uh beretta his character will be called get ready his character will be called joel hardy the phantasmagoric speed star Wow. Uh, so first, I think what's even more shocking than the name is that Trent is going to be in a fucking movie. <laughs> that's well that's deserved, pretty amazing. If you ask me. Yeah, listen. Uh, well, he's handsome. Um, what? Give me that name again. Joel Hardy, the phantasmagoric speed star. Wow. I don't even know what the fuck that means, and it sounds great. Um, that's, that's that. I mean, I, the... the the t-shirts are being printed as we speak i'm sure right <laughs> i mean wow that's that's uh that's let's that's look up that word phantasmagoric so phantasmagoria means uh bear with me here um da, 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 da. Uh, a sequence of real or imaginary images like that seen in a dream example what happened next was a phantasmagoria of horror and mystery mm. so big things expected from joel hardy the phantasmagoric speed star yeah, I, I, you know what? Now, I, now this movie has instantly become a must-watch just to see Joel, Joel Hardy. Is it Joel Hardy? Yes. All right, Big Joel. All right, listen. I know. Look at. Can we just start calling you Phantasmagoria, Joel uh, Abraham? <laughs> That'd be great. I, I don't want to be stealing Trent's gimmick here. Listen, I, it's 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 it, there is no trademark, is there? There's no. Uh, there's no legal ramifications for you taking that. So, uh, there's, listen, there's more than one nature boy. Let's put it that way. So, I say go for it. Best man win. Yeah. Um, I feel like I need some sort of crisp or snack-based gimmick, personally. But we, we can work on that. Mm. I saw I, – I, that's another thing that I got. A lot of reports. A lot of reports coming in from uh, from my spies. A lot, lot, of, lot of crisp talk on, on the Twitter, right? A lot of, lot of crisp talk. People seem to like it, funnily enough. And I don't get it. To me, that's even dumber than the people arguing about star ratings. But hey, if people are willing to uh, enable me with my crisp obsession, then thumbs up. I think it's hilarious. I actually think it's hilarious. Again, I think you're doing an outstanding job with that Twitter account. So uh, keep up the good work. The fans love you. The fans love you. All right. Too kind. All right. uh, Next thing then. Kenny Omega videos have been featured on WWE. So mm-hmm. Triple H has said that the door is open for cross-promotion with New Japan Pro Wrestling. So we've got a question from Tyler Fornes at The Real Forno. Is this something that's plausible or more of an acknowledgement that New Japan is the hottest thing in wrestling and he can't avoid it? The latter. Um, absolutely the latter. Um, 
again, everybody talked about that Dominion match. Every it was, it was the buzz of pro wrestling. So yeah, they went into their archives and dug out you know some shit Kenny Omega interview that you know he looks like he's twelve in. Um, was that from Deep South? Was it or was it? Um, I don't even know what where the t- where the uh, the training center was um, at that time. Um, I forget, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 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 the WWE. I just find it pretty funny when, I mean, it's got to go through checks and balances. Somebody's got to okay it, right? But it just, I kind of feel like sometimes the network they have a um, a longer leash than than other people, um, and they they put stuff up that's that's pretty interesting. Again, I I think everything has a checks and a balances, and I don't think anything gets posted without. A certain you know person approving, whether it be uh, Uncle Paul or uh, I doubt Vince is giving a fuck what the fuck's up there. I don't even think he knows what it is. Um, he just knows the checks that come in. Um, but somebody approved it, and and yeah, I think it's kind of one of those things. And again, not only that, but how about the uh, the stuff in uh, Florida with the video game stuff? I I saw a little bit of that. Kenny Omega again shining like a star just. You don't even. I saw somebody say something like, he, "The guy doesn't even need to be in a fucking ring, and he's on fire." Um, and, and I saw a little bit of it. It was funny. It was good. I enjoyed it. Not bad. That's what I, I took it as more WWE acknowledging how popular and hot Kenny Omega is at the moment, and all the buzz around him, and just desperately trying to uh, capitalize on that to get a few more eyeballs on their website. I, I really don't think there's anything more in it than that. Um, although speaking of the network and good stuff on the network, I, I should just mention that yesterday I watched uh, an outstanding documentary, WWE 24, about Matt and Jeff Hardy. Uh, very hard hitting, very uh, brutally honest. So that if it's something that you think you'd be interested in, listeners, uh, you should go and check that out because I enjoyed that a lot. They do a great job with their documentaries. It's like if they just did shit like that all the time, I, I would have no problem dropping the 999. Um, when they do like the, the, the day or two leading up to WrestleMania um those are great um yeah they do a great job with those um so i will check that out I'm, and again i'm not i'm not the biggest hardy guy in the world for, for, by any stretch of the imagination but I'll, I'll definitely check that out they do a good job actually i've been watching a lot of uh on the on their network i've been watching um the entire run of and i have this but you know there's something about watching it on your tv and the ease of use with the network um i've been watching mid-south 1984 i started in january first one and i just went I'm just going chronological order. It's I, I love it. It's great. Magnum TA, Mr. Wrestling 2, um, Terry Taylor, Midnight's are there, um, Junkyard Dog's there. It's just a great it's, – it's, it's just a great – and I – you know, everybody already acknowledges it, but it's just like one of those great TV episodic shows that, like, you could just watch. It's an easy watch. It's great. Uh, I think – like, 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 if you want to watch some, some like old school territory wrestling, that's where you start. Nineteen eighty four Mid South. Watch that top to bottom. The, the, again, the Magnum, the build for the Magnum TA Mister Wrestling Two uh, uh, turn is tremendous. Um, I'm sorry to spoil anything for anyone, but um, watch it. It's great. You'll love it, and um, it's just fun stuff. And they and they do all those promo videos for the Rock and Roll Express, and they're horrific. Oh, they're just so cheesy, great eighties nonsense. Oh, there's oh, and wait, and then there's one they would they do a music video for Magnum TA, and Magnum TA was like this hunky guy, right? 
like, but but typical '80s guys. So think of like Joey Ryan, um, but more cheesy <laughs> Magnum Ti. So we tried to look like Magnum Pi, right? Um, and they, they have this music video, and there's this one shot where, and I kid you not, Joel, they're in a bar, right? And a Magnum Ta has one girl, and he's making out with her, not like a kiss on the cheek or a. I mean, we're talking full in making out. He turns to, they stop. He turns, and then there's another girl, and he starts like deep French kiss make out this other girl. It's in the video. It's in this music promo video uh, for Magnum TA on the WWE Network during these Mid South shows. I was like, I, it was, it was, the, it was both the most awesome thing I've ever seen and the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. It was horrific. Please check that out again. Magnum TA. It's it's in 1984. Start at the beginning. It's in there somewhere, and and vomit along with me because it is nightmarish. This fucking video. All right, now I'm done. It just sounds like a standard Yujiro Takahashi entrance to me. <laughs> this was Joel. I was I I remember watching it at the time. Maybe not at the time, but a little bit past. It was like watching it on a fucking videotape and thinking, "Oh my god, why would they? This is the baby face. Like he's like he's this is the, this is weird." And then, like, it was just instant flashback. Seeing that video, just be like, "Oh my god, that that video!" Again, this is not like, "Oh, I'm going to smooch one girl, I'm smooch the other," and uh, uh, where I'm the baby face. Blah, blah. He is in full open mouth on both these girls. It was unbelievable. You got to check it out. Uh, five stars, seven stars for me. Something else I'm going to give seven stars to is this excellent picture of Okada and his 12 defenses, which has been doing the rounds, was on Reddit today. I'll put it on Twitter, made by, let me get this right, at underscore Mushkila. That's M-U-S-H-K-I-L-A-H. It's an awesome picture, so everyone go and give that person a follow because they come up with some excellent New Japan artwork. Uh, They sell prints as well, so definitely worth checking that out. I will check that out. All right, so let's move on to these Kizuna Road shows. Now... I could read through all of the results, but I kind of think no one wants to hear me do that. Are you in agreement? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yes, I'm in agreement. All right, so my question to you then, from what you've seen, did anything stand out for you from the undercard? And then after that, we can discuss the never openweight title match and the junior heavyweight title match. Um, I, I don't think anything was super, like, it, like I don't think anything was blow away i thought everything was good i know i say this a lot but i thought everything was fine um but truth be told it was really the main events that i think everybody was more most here's here's what everybody was into um and i and and i'm guilty of it too i I was super excited for elgin goto uh, uh, and i feel like that delivered i was super excited for hiromo and, and despy i think that delivered uh and then i was super excited for Truth be told, the G1 announcements. Those were the things that, that kept me going. Um, again, the, the undercards were fine. No, there was nothing offensive. Everything was solid. But truth be told, my, my interest kind of began and end with the main events um, and the G1 announcements. That That's really what, what uh, sold me on these shows. Yeah, likewise. Like When I was watching these undercards... This is how sad I am. My heart was actually pounding because I was so excited about 
getting these uh, G1 announcements. So I wasn't really paying attention to what was coming before the announcements, and I wasn't really paying attention to what came afterwards apart from the main events. Uh, one thing that did stand out to me looking at the website at these results is that Taiji Ishimori's submission manoeuvre is called the Yes Lock, which, of course, is the same name as Daniel Bryan's submission manoeuvre. Apparently, the two of them used to be friends. I was just wondering if that was him. Maybe a, a little beckoning call to his friends to let his contract run out and come and join him over in New Japan. Oh, I mean, give me a scale of 1 to 10 of, of, of if you think that's a possibility. Not a possibility. Do you think it's happening? Scale 1 to 10. I would give it a 4 out of 10. Yeah. I don't think it's that high. Um, and I know that everybody wants to believe that, well, you know, he's he wants to wrestle and he, and he loves the art and he is passionate and he sees what's going on over here. And, 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 and I do agree with that. But I think at the end of the day, I think he stays. I really do. Um, I, I hope he doesn't because I think he's being wasted. I, I, truth be told, I don't even think what are you talking people... about? You're not enjoying these matches with large Colin, <laughs> with big Cass. Big Cass. No, uh, I don't. I I don't think I've watched one of them, so I can't really speak on it. I can't say that they're good or bad or indifferent. I just, I just know what I hear, and I don't hear a lot of excitement. Like I just remember him coming back, and everyone being, you know, their their excitement level was probably at an eleven, and I just don't hear any excitement. Like I just don't hear it. I don't see it, um, and that's really what I gauge it. I, I don't know if it's good or bad because I don't watch the product, um, but I can't imagine it being great because if it was great, I know I'd hear about it, and, and I haven't. Can you imagine a, a scenario where, let's say, Katsuyori Shibata comes back from injury, oh. and then he is plugged into a feud with, and no disrespect to him, let's say, Leo Tonga. Right. Hikoleo, as his name is. Can you right. imagine that happening? No, I really can't. And I, but here's the thing: that's the difference between the two companies. You know, um, everyone's on the same level on on the, in the other company. There's no difference between any one of them. You can plug any person in at any point and any time, and it wouldn't make any difference. Um, the, the the stories for people who talk a lot about storytelling and all that, and how good WWE is. Okay, well, it, I really don't think the stories matter. I could pick up. I could. I could. I could jump right in right now and not really feel like I missed any anything that mattered in, in when it came to the progression of a storyline. Um, whereas in the you know in the company that we cover here, thank God, things matter and storylines matter and breadcrumbs are laid all the time that you can gather and 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 be rewarded for being a fan. Um, I don't. I, I I'm going to say something and again. I don't think it's that controversial, to be quite honest with you. But I know that we'll get people like, go do it. Knock yourselves out. But I I don't think WWE rewards their fans for being fans. I I don't. And and the proof is in the pudding um, with this Daniel Bryan thing. Daniel Bryan should be a focal point and and, and and it it, it shouldn't die after two weeks. And it's dead. It's it's no one cares, um, which is a crying shame because it 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 could have been the story of the year for that company, and they could have probably you know done very well with it. But yeah, everyone's the same. Everyone's on that same level, and it is what it is. So there's there's my WWE rant for the day. I'll tell you what. One thing I did enjoy, and I watched the NXT WWE stuff this weekend. 
the opening match for NXT TakeOver, the tag team match between um, Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong against Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch. That was fantastic. That was a superb tag team match. Did you see that? Um, I did not yet. It is on my list of to-dos to watch um, the, the NXT show. They're always good. TakeOver shows are always tremendous. Um, but I have not watched it. And I heard uh, the main event was pretty strong, too. Uh, and, and and even... Um, um, what was the other matchup? Well, Ricochet had a good match, of course. Um, I mean, listen, NXT, it feels like it's night and day sometimes, and their big shows always deliver. But um, all right, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, on the topic of NXT, I could go on a rant for about half an hour about why NXT is seriously flawed, but I'm not going to do that. Maybe I'll save that for another time when we've got nothing to talk about. Yeah. Um, Shall we move on to this uh, never open weight match between uh, Michael Elgin and Hiroki Goto? Um, I'd like to know your thoughts on this because I'm seeing wildly varying opinions of it online. Of, of the match quality? Yes. Really? Like how? Because I thought it was a fantastic match. I thought it was. I thought it was right up there with with one of the better. It, that was a solid New Japan main event. I don't know how you how what are people saying about it? Uh, some people saying that it was very it was way too long, it was slow, and that Elgin looked gassed very very early on. Really, I thought yeah. he did. I, more... Not something I don't agree with that. I th- I really enjoyed the match. I thought it was great. Yeah, I don't think I don't think so at all. I think honestly, he's probably in the best shape of his fucking life. He's dropped what twenty thirty pounds. Um, Medium mic. Medium Mike, right? I mean, he uh, he was doing more, and it, like he was kind of showboating it a little bit too when when it comes to that. In the sense of you know he's doing topes and fucking you know top rope shit, and you know he thinks he's fucking uh, Ricky Steamboat all of a sudden. Um, no, I thought this was hard hitting and 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 exactly what you would expect from an, an Elgin Goto match. Um, I saw them, I saw them at a G one. At Corkin, and they did that apron spot outside the ring. Um, they didn't do it this time, but they teased it, which I thought was an unbelievable callback because I was like, "Oh my god, this is the same thing in the same arena that they're going to hit." And I, and and I just remember because I was there, I was you know, like in the fourth row, um, but and they did it, but they teased it. And I thought that was oh my god, like like people would remember that that watched it and saw it, but oh, I just thought it was a tremendous callback spot. Um, no, I, I mean no. I didn't think it was slow at all. I didn't think it went too long. I thought it was a, it was a it was a a a solid, not even solid. I thought it was a great New Japan main event. That I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm blowing it out of proportion, but I I strongly think that this is a this will be talked about and should be talked about for match of the year. I don't think it'll win, but I think it'll get a vote or two. I think it's I think it's definitely in contention. I'm shocked that people didn't like this match. Yeah, me too. I said on Twitter that this is going in my spreadsheet. So I'm in agreement with you. I thought it was excellent. It, it did take take a while to get going. But when it got into that closing five, ten minutes, I thought it was really exciting. And Elgin's forearms, he gets that really meaty sound, like proper... That yeah. makes me kind of jump out of my seat and go, oh, that looks like he's legitimately hurting the other guy. Um, the power moves it's like two balls smashing into each other it's just my thing I, I dig that I, I was really excited and there were some really intricate counters and reversals going into the closing stretch and I, I love this I thought it was excellent 
I do too. I, I'm sh- I'm I'm actually here's the thing. I think maybe people. I think there's a large audience that finds Goto to be bland, right? Um, and and you know there are times where I kind of feel that way, right? That the, the actual character Hiroki Goto needs a new coat of paint, and it's just it, it is what it is. But he, you can't tell me that that guy doesn't fucking deliver. He delivers, right? And then there are people that you know obviously are not fans of Michael Elgin, and 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 we all know the reasons why. Um, and, but I, I think if they, if they, if that, that was Joe Blow and, and Mike Schmo in the ring and, and they had that match, I think, you know, I, I think people are coming into the match with preconceived feelings about both of those guys. Um, I, I thought the match was solid. I really do. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, again, I'm, I'm shocked that, that there would be any negative feedback toward that match. Um, I thought it delivered. Okay, well, let's talk about the result then. Question from at Sid Hijack. Why do you think Elgin was given the Never title? Wasn't it as pointless as the six-man title booking at Wrestle Kingdom 12? Not that the title means anything. And a similar question from New Weed Order at Death Roll BJJ. Are you disappointed the Never title got switched so fast? I was really looking forward to some different Never title matches. I am, actually. Um, I, I, I'm not the biggest fan of... So, so I understand the story being that Elgin never really beat Goto to get the win, right? To to win the belt, right? And then Goto showing that, hey, you know what? You didn't beat me, and 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 now I got the, the, you know, now I'm beating you for the title. I understand that element of the story, but I'm not the biggest fan of just flopping the title, um, you know, after a handful of days. I was hoping that it would be a little bit longer because I think. I think he's very much undervalued in the company. Um, I, I I I like his matches. I really do. Sorry, I, I'm I like his matches, and I thought I and I'm when when we start talking about G one, there's a couple matches that I'm so excited for because I think they're going to be great um, and that that involve him. Um, so yeah, I am a little disappointed. I would have liked to have seen some some more matches with him because I I think he delivers. Um, so yeah, to answer the question, yeah, I am a little bit disappointed. I was a little bit surprised by that. Um, I don't know why we're doing this, but, um, there's gotta be a method to the madness somewhere. Yeah. Normally I hate hotshot booking, but the fact that this match was so good, I think kind of outweighs the fact that he was only held the title for a week. So I will give it in defense of that. Um, and of course the next challenger coming out was Jeff Cobb. So a question from at Swamp Camelot asked, do you think Jeff Cobb will have a more permanent role in NJPW after this tour? So I'm, I'm assuming that he's going to challenge for that belt at Cow Palace. Yeah, that's the word that I'm hearing, that, that it would be... I, if I'm not mistaken, he lived in the area or used to live in the area, so um, it, it that's, makes sense. Um, will he have a more prominent role in New Japan? I don't know the answer to that question, but I like him a lot, and I think he's... You know he's he's cut from that same cloth, so he'd fit right into that never title situation. Do I think he's winning the title? I don't. I can't see that. But um, I, listen, I've I, I've said it from the jump. You know when he was he was originally supposed to come in with Matt Riddle um, for the tag tournament, um, and I was pumped for that. I think I think that was great. Um, no, he'll fit right in if they do if they do bring him in on a more permanent basis. He'll fit very comfortably in that never picture but i don't see him winning the belt right out of the gate i'd be shocked 
Okay, I uh, agree with that there. Some couple of questions about stuff that happened on the undercard. Uh, Gabriel Chemhuru at Sir underscore Gab3 asks, what are your thoughts on Chaos coming out to Jay White's theme and how Okada oh. just looked so anxious, didn't even do the Rainmaker pose? A similar question from at Sid Hijack. On a side note, do you think Okada feels sad and naked without the title? Hashtag yep. give Okada the title back. Let um, me tell you. So yeah, I, he is, he's looking really lost without his belt. He's looking pretty forlorn. He's not doing his pose. And then he went absolutely bananas on Tanahashi. So what are your thoughts on naked Okada? It's, it, it, it was glaring. He looked lost. He, I mean, and that's a great job by him. I mean, how just that subtle, you know, again, people talk about selling. Wow. I mean, talk about selling a loss and talk about how devastating it was and how he, again, he's, he's lost without it. Um, you know, no music, no no rainmaker pose. No, he literally took two steps when his name was announced. Kind of looked around and took two steps backwards, and it was so. It wasn't even that it was super subtle, but it was like a, a little detail, little details that that made that that memorable. And and again, people tweeting about it, and people questioning it, noticing it. I noticed it too. It it's. I mean, the guy had it for you know the longest reign, you know the, the most important reign of of modern New Japan pro wrestling, if not of all time. Um, and he sold it, which was ah, that warmed my heart. It was really uh, really good. And yes, uh, it is sad. Um, who knows? Maybe he gets it back. We'll see. Uh, speaking of stuff to warm your heart, uh, Jason Westhaver at uh, NJ Iska. Uh, ask was there anything more adorable than the interaction between Hiromu and Naito after he broke the trophy again <laughs> and is it going somewhere or is it just a gag it's a gag um, I'm sure it's not going anywhere I mean I, I say that not knowing but um, I can't see the junior and the heavyweight unless something really down the line we're planting seeds really down the line no I just think it's a a fun cute interaction uh, with the with the uh, best of the super junior trophy at this point and they're smart and they're fun they're having fun with it and they're making it yeah giving you something else to talk about so that's good stuff but yeah i think they do a good job with that something else that stood out to me is the character work of one switchblade jay white i think i know you're still juries out on him about how well he's doing but i thought his character work was on point in these past few shows uh i just love the little things like when he went mad on the first night and screaming at the camera please get the fuck out of the way and smashing juice robinson's hands and then taking the piss out of him mocking him doing the clapping pose i thought that was awesome he's got a real swagger to him at this moment and i think he's just oozing confidence and and i love the switchblade character um how are you feeling about him more um, i'm warming more and more every day again using me as a barometer of gimmick changes and character changes it does take me a long time i am pretty notorious to take a while i think the most famous being naito (laughs) um oh boy go back and listen to those fucking shows um so again, let's not use me as a barometer because I'm usually well behind the curve. I'm usually one of the I'm I'm I'm, I'm you know jumping on the the last car on the train on the caboose. That's me. So it does take me a while. Um, but that being said, I think uh, I'm 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 warming up 
more and more every time that I see him. Yes, he's coming into his own on the character. Yes, he's making it his own. Yes, I do see development in it. And yes, I am becoming more and more of a fan each time that I see him. Um, do I think that he is this world-beater, world-class uh, star in the, of the future? I think the jury is still out for me. And, and I think that's fair. I, I, I think I'm just not ready to go jump on the Jay White train and sit in first class yet. But I'm on the train. I'm there. Uh, let's let's wait a little bit. And and you know, not for nothing. Look, looking at those uh, G1 lineups, I think the company's paying a, paying a, attention to Jay White too. When you take a look at those lineups. And speaking of his opponent for this upcoming Cow Palace show, you've got to be on the Juice Robinson gravy train because his post-match promo, uh, which are all uploaded to NJPW World and on YouTube. His post-match promo after, I can't remember which night it was, the first or second night, was absolutely sublime. He was talking about wanting to be, uh, I believe it would be the first ever American uh, IWGP US heavyweight champion. And he was Mm -hmm. talking about how at the Cow Palace he was going to come out with um, red, white and blue sparklers on his nipples and bald eagles flying out of his ass. I love (laughs) Juice. I love his promos. I, I love everything about him. Are you with me on that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Sparklers on his nipples and bald eagles at his ass. Well, that's, I mean, that's America right there. Ah, uh, I mean, whew. Talk about make America great. Fucking Juice Robinson. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, Juice for president. Yeah. I mean, listen, I can't do any worse. Don't know, don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Careful. I you, know. Did you so not hear fun. about my segment? <laughs> I did. Sorry. Sorry. Listen, I'm all in on Space Force. What <laughs> fucking Space Force? Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> Space. I can't get over Space Force. I, imagine waking up to the news of Space Force. Anyway, okay. Uh, Juice Robinson. Look. Uh, yeah, I, I've been I've been on that Juice train for the longest time now. I, I think he I think he wins. I think we're we're looking at a new uh, IWGP US champion. I think we'll see his first. There's my hot take on Cal Palace. Um, and I think that match is going to be excellent as well. I love Juice. I think he's, again, you can get away with murder on those New Japan post-match interviews, right? I mean, I'm sure, I didn't see the one that you're referring to, but I'm sure, let me guess, how many how many motherfuckers, how many Fs, how many, you know, I'm sure the potty language is in full effect, right, Joel? Yeah, definitely the right amount. You can oh. never have too few of those. <laughs> right, the right sprinkle of F-bombs just to season the pot. I like that. Uh, no, I think Juice is great. I, and um, I'm looking at like his first... I'm looking at his G1. Um, he's got some interesting matchups out of the gate. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But uh, I'm interested to hear where you think Juice might wind up in, in, in G1. So uh, we'll get there shortly. But yep, uh, Juice is great. Love him. Jay White improving, and I'm uh, more and more a fan every day. So uh, I'm coming around on Jay White. Okay, let's talk about this IWGP Junior Heavyweight title match, which notably was preceded by the IWGP Junior title uh, holders roll call, the little video package that Hiromu had asked President Sugabayashi for, uh, which was a great touch. I really enjoyed that, and it definitely helped to elevate the the juniors to seem like more of a big deal. Um 
the former Chikara wrestler Gran Akuma made a great point about that on Twitter, about the presentation of the juniors as a whole. And I definitely agree with him here. I feel taking everything into account, that belt and that championship feels like the second most prestigious in the company at the moment. And I think those guys are good enough to headline certain shows, not the very biggest shows, but a lot of shows on their own merit. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, to me, that that title has had a lot of ebbs and flows when it came to importance and popularity. And um, again, you can go back to the 90s, um, and that's really the, the, the one comparable that I can give you to the, to the way the title feels now. And that's the highest compliment I could give it is that it feels like it's, you know, the 90s and it's, you know, Liger and Benoit and Eddie and, and uh, Ultimo Dragon. And, you know, it's, it's that kind of elevation where it, yeah, it does feel super important. And it does feel like um, the juniors aren't taking a back seat. Um, the the talent level is unbelievable, right? Um, I I loved I I really enjoyed the Despy um, um Hiromo match. I, I loved the, the the video package. I thought the presentation was 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 off the charts. Um, I know that there were a lot of people that I saw that felt like I don't know, like it, this wasn't the most hard hitting of matches, and I don't think this was a Dragon Lee type match. But I thought that there was there were elements of it that made a, a compelling story, um, and I and I don't think that was lost on many people in the sense of, you know, this is Hiromu and and this is El Desperado who have a long history um, through the dojos through Mexico. Um, there 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 was a story there, and I I, I really love the little subtle things. Again, the flowers, right? Something something as silly as, you know, that might on the surface be oh Desperado. Or uh, Hiromo giving flowers, uh, but that's you know if, if we remember back, that was El Desperado, you know, returning to New Japan and, and how he did that with the, with the flowers. So again, little small little elements that reward fans for paying attention and reward fans for for being long term fans. Which um, I think Hiromo kind of kind of plays to that and kind of pushes those buttons. And and again with the elevation, I put that in air quotes of the junior title within the package and the video package. It's all those little things that I think that he wants to support and and make people and again reward people for being fans and 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 laying breadcrumbs and picking them up. So yeah, that's I mean again I don't think this was the greatest match of all time, but I think that the stories that were told in this match and the, those little breadcrumbs made it well worthwhile for me. I like the little breadcrumbs of storytelling uh, as opposed to like Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa storytelling where instead of breadcrumbs, it's like they've got a ham, like a, a loaf of bread in their hand and smushing it into your face going, stories, stories, look at the stories, look at the callbacks. Yeah. I prefer the subtle approach. Um, my only complaint about this would be, was this a bit, a bit too soon to go to this match? Because given the history, given the story behind these guys, I wanted a longer build-up and a bigger stage for these two to be facing off, considering I they've had too. a match fairly recently. I would too, but but um, but when? So do we do we hold this out till after G one? Because my fear would be if you put it in a G one, it's going to get lost in the shuffle, right? I, I th- this was I mean it was either going to be now or it's going to be you know in mid August. You want to wait that long? 
Well, look, you know me, I've got a soft spot for um, having idealised fantasies about wrestlers in relationships based on um, hearsay. So <laughs> for me, this is something that I felt could have um, gone as a Wrestle Kingdom programme. But I accept I might be on an island for that one. I mean, here's the thing. I don't. That's not to say that it won't, right? I mean, we've got six months to get to that point. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't. Here's the thing. The, the IWGP Junior Title is meant to fill in the gaps, unfortunately, and we just talked about it being elevated and being at the same level. Truth be told, it's there to fill in the gaps for. The pro- to help the progression of heavyweight stories, really. Like, you need that title to be in a prominent position, and you need matches to be held so that you can kind of save the heavyweight stuff. So, yeah, on the one hand, you know, you kind of want them to be at the same level, but th- th- sometimes that might be hard because you kind of need these secondary and third dairy, if that's a word, belts. Tertiary. Yeah, thank you. I, see, this is where you bring up the fucking the the level, the, the intelligence level. You're too smart for this show is basically what I'm trying to tell you. Um, it's, you know, you need those things. You need those titles to to help you progress in a calendar year. Um, so you can't necessarily always hold off on those things. They got to fill in the gaps um, because you can't headline every show with an IWGP heavyweight title match. Um, so... In, in, in one breath, yes, I would agree with you that it would have been nice. And maybe, again, maybe we will. I'm sure we have six months to go uh, until we talk dome season. But you got to get through this this hump of G1 where the heavyweights really take the focus off of everything else. Yeah, I think there could be more to it. Uh, new Weed Order, as I mentioned already, said that El Desperado didn't hide his face when his mask was ripped off by Hiromu in the match. Uh, would you say this is a definite sign he's going to lose it soon? Um, like, I love that little touch of him caring more about winning the match and smacking Hiromu in the face than hiding his his identity. And um, on Chris Charlton's Twitter account, he provides excellent translations for the things that are going on in Japanese. Um, and here's a quote. To a masked wrestler, that's your identity. It's everything. But Desperado has it ripped off and then just put it on like he was fixing his necktie. He was saying that this very essence of himself wasn't as important as Hiromu or the belt. And that was uh, Milano um, on commentary. So Desperado and Hiromu have both been talking like they've got history. And it's like Desperado seems to catch himself and remember that they've only fought a singles match once before, uh, officially, since the the El Desperado character debuted. There's a really good thread by at uh, Juliet on Twitter with more details about that. So um, where do you think this might be going in terms of Desperado's mask and Kyosuke Mikami perhaps making a return well I don't know I mean you figure that the opportunity is there right the progression of the story is there um I I, I, truth be told I don't I don't don't want to say that a gimmick like that can hold somebody back um but you see it all the time in I mean, maybe not all the time, but you see it a lot uh, enough to make make a a a lasting memory of people kind of removing the gimmick and, and becoming themselves, so to speak. Um, so I'm in on that. 
I got no problem with the, with the Despy character kind of fading away and 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 him becoming I'll say his own man. Um, I'm fine with that. And again, maybe that's something that they can build to. Again, we got six months. It's a long time. It would definitely make things a lot more interesting. I think, right? We don't necessarily. I, I like the gimmick, but I don't think it's it's a it's a deal breaker for me. Um, and I think that would help grow him as a wrestler and grow him as a character. So, yeah, I'm I'm okay with it. Great. Um, another thing that I enjoyed was seeing Beltosan making his return after the match. Uh, again, do check out those interview segments on YouTube uh, if you haven't already, because there's some great stuff there. And during that segment, Hiromu challenged Dragon Lee, says he expects him to be watching and to respond as soon as possible. So do you think it's a lock we're getting Hiromu against Dragon Lee at the Cow Palace? Um, that's I did hear that that was the case. Um, so I could be, you know, given... Terrible information, but that's what I that's what I heard. Um, so we'll see if that's the case. Um, look, I, Dragon Lee, <laughs> fucking great, <laughs> and I don't care if he's in the ring with Despi. I don't care if he's in the ring with Hiromo. I don't care who. Uh, you, you know you're going to get a tremendous match, and I don't even. And let's be honest here, it's that's a big stage for him. I mean. It's cable TV, mind you. It's it's U.S. cable TV, but it might potentially be the the biggest audience that's going to see eyeballs for Super Dragon, uh, or Super Dragon, no, Dragon. Did I say Super Dragon? Oh my Don't God. get mixed up with uh, Dragon George from the yeah. um, Tanahashi film. <laughs> Seriously, um, yes, uh, I'm, I'm excited, and I, and I did hear Cal Palace. So if they do that, I'd be all in on that. Okay, so we've got an interesting question here from at Noah's Penis. At Who? Noah's Penis. What? Who? At Noah's Penis. At <laughs> Noah's Penis. Now, at Noah's Penis asks us, who is the hunkiest boy in NJPW? Uh, um, well, Noah's Penis. Wait. I'm glad that you asked that. Um, what I would say to you, Noah's Penis, is that the hunkiest boy in my eyes... Actually, you know, I'm going to save my hunkiest boy for later, but my second favorite hunkiest boy is Hiromu uh, so I hope that answers your question Noah's penis um, Damon your response to Noah's penis who's the hunkiest boy uh, what does that mean like do I find attractive like 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 what guy do I find attractive is that that, that the, no, who, the base who's, of who's the, the hunkiest who's a hunk I, um, did he spell Boyd B-O-I too yeah that's the correct oh. way to spell it is it Oh. How did you know he spelled it B-O-I? Because I just know that he would. I don't know, because that's what the way people spell it now, to be fun, I guess. I'm not fun. Um, I, again. Of uh, all people to be complaining about spelling, I, I would have thought that's my job, but there you go. I can't spell for shit, but I just, it's just like, that's the thing. All right, anyway. Um, Can you answer Noah's penis's question, please? All right. Listen, I don't want to Noah's penis that. is a loyal listener, and Noah's <laughs> yes. penis is sitting there very patiently waiting to hear the answers to his question. All right, listen, I don't want to keep Noah's penis waiting any further. I know Noah's penis is very excited. Um, Noah's penis, my answer is this. I would say Kushida is, uh, my, is my hunky, hunky boy. Um, I sounded like Flavor Flav there. Um, so Noah's penis, to answer your question, Kushida would be my answer. Thank you for listening, Noah's penis, by the way. Yeah, and thank you for your question, Noah's penis. Um, speaking about penises, let's get on to the climax. Uh, the G1 climax. Um, the 
best news off the bat here is that we're getting English commentary for all 19 shows, which is great. So I'm very excited about that. It's going to make it just that little bit easier to enjoy. And another thing I'm excited about, mentioned by at Arumi on Twitter, the most important part of the G1 Climax, of course, the press conference fashion. I don't know if you watched the press conference last year, but there was some uh, absolutely sizzling uh, outfits on display there. Did you catch that last year? No, no, no. What, what, what are we? I'm sorry. What are we referring to here, Joel? You know the what, what press else? conference, the G1 press conference. Oh they do yes, before. yes, 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 yes. Sorry about that. Yes. Um. Yeah. The snap. I, I, you know. Who, all right. So let's do a little fashion files. Let's do a little New Japan fashion files. Best dresser. Because I got my. I got mine. For that press conference, the one that jumped off the page to me was Sanada, because he with the was shorts, right? Like. Yes, the shorts, the hat, the sunglasses. He looked like he was about to go out on his private yacht. <laughs> right, right. He's on the SS Minnow, fucking uh, Thurston Howell III. Um, yeah, he was definitely summer lounge look. Um, that was not my favorite, uh, but I, but I, I got to give him props for going outside the box. Absolutely. Uh, my favorite. Listen, it's got to be button up Zack Saber. Right, he's got the button up. You know, top. I like that look. I like that. I like that's 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 my kind of look. That's my kind of look. Look sharp, classic. Look, he looked like a fucking million bucks. He, 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 let's put it this way: he didn't look like a nonsense pro wrestler. Like he wasn't like dragging his fucking chain around like Togi Makabe. I mean, come on, we get it. You're the unchained. Leave the chain at home. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and like, the, and then there's other ones that are just like you know they they wear sneakers or trainers. I think like like look like slobs. Come on, fucking dress up a little bit. Michael Elgin. He wears a suit every time, right? I think Tanahashi does a good job. I like the Tanahashi's. Uh, Okada look, looks like a fucking, you know, he's put together. But my favorite, again, snappy dresser is that Zack Sabre Jr. He's got the Fred Perry's, all, you know, I always see him in. Awesome. That's my style. He's looking good. I remember that press conference because of Zack Sabre Jr.'s comments about his own fashion and they asked him what motivates him and he said he was motivated by always having a shirt that was more well-ironed than large Michael Elgin's shirts. So um, <laughs> there you go. That one's stuck in my mind for some reason. Well, Zack probably wears those you know those slim-fitting button-downs, right? So Elgin's not squeezing his ass into any of that shit, right? He's looking for, you know, he's trying to get away with, you know, Michael Elgin is not buying anything with the fucking rack. Let's put it that way. He's not going to men's warehouse. You know, he's 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 a big boy. He ain't going to fit into anything there. Zach, he can he can go into a Ben Sherman and he can go into a fucking Fred Perry. Walk out with something fucking sharp. So, listen to me with the with the with the fashion. <laughs> huh? You didn't I think I had wait it in me, this huh? episode? The fashion huh? files. It's going to be I'm, great. Let, let me tell you something. When I go over to London, one of the first places I hit is uh, what, is, is, it, is it Carnaby Street? Yes. yes, I hit that, and there's the Ben Sherman that's there. There's uh, there's the Fred Perry that sits right on the corner. Now listen, my fat ass doesn't fit into much of that shit, but so it's a cap, scarf kind of thing. But shoes, I have my wallet, my wallet right here is Fred Perry. My glasses, Fred Perry. What the fuck? I know. Listen, I'm a Blur fan. I know my Fred Perry. Come on. All right, what's next? <laughs> what's Fashion next fi- is a question for- <laughs> you have to wait for next time for that I've uh, got a question from uh, Mickey Croft who says and this is a really good question I'm glad he asked this if someone is a new fan to New Japan how would you recommend they get acclimated with a G1 tournament how should they go about keeping up with oh. it and consuming it can you give new fans a rundown of what to expect and how to best enjoy the tourney alright listen up gather around the- gather around the radio everyone because uh, Uncle Damon is going to fucking school the new people on how to, how to enjoy this G1. 
here's my advice. I know you're excited. I know uh, you're, 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 you've heard all everyone talk about these G1s and how it's the greatest wrestling in the world and, and pants down and all. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to gonna give you some solid advice. I know that you're going to sit there and you're going to want to watch every single second, every single day. You're going to burn yourself out. You're going to get to the middle of this fucking tournament and you are going to be like, I don't want to watch another pro wrestling thing. I don't give a shit. Every match is going to blend into each other, and it's, you're not going to enjoy it enough. So let me recommend this. And again, there are people that can that can push through, that enjoy every second. Go for it if, if you're that type of personality. But my advice would be stick with the G1 tournament matches each night. I mean, look, July 14th, this thing kicks off. And then you got – so you got the 14th, 15th, 16th. You got three nights in a row. And then you don't go again until the 19th, but then it's the 19th, 20th, 21st. You're, and this goes until the, like the 10th of August. You, this is not the easiest thing to do. It may seem like it. It's not. So let me suggest watch the tournament matches first. Now, to wet your palate, to kind of get you excited to what to, what to expect, get on that fucking network, get on that New Japan world, and just watch. I mean, you'll see, go back to 2012. Just watch the finals, or you can watch the the semifinals and the finals. Just watch those matches. Don't Is get that Carl too Anderson. Out. Yeah, yeah. Watch it, right? Um, you know the the Nakamura uh, Okada from the Sabo Dome. Uh, watch Tanahashi Nakamura from uh, Sumo. Uh, you know, the, Omega and Goto. Uh, the list goes on and on. Omega Naito. Watch those. Just start there. Again, this you're new. I don't want to burn you out. Watch those matches to kind of get a taste for what's to come. Then, if you have more time, let's go back and go into some of those deeper matches. Um, there's, there's plenty to choose from. I'm, like, I'm not even like, you know, I mean, uh, AJ versus Suzuki from Quirk and Hall a couple years ago. It was like match of the year. Um, there's plenty to, 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 to sink your teeth into. But start there. This tournament, watch the, watch the matches, the tournament matches. Try not to watch the undercard. You're going to burn yourself out. It happens to the best of us, um, and then you can go from there. How's that? That is solid advice. That is what I did last year. I didn't watch any of the undercard stuff, and I was able to enjoy all of the, the G1 block matches and I had a wonderful time. So stick with that advice, and you'll have a great summer. Yes, I agree. All right, well, let's get into it then. We have A Block. Now, I could just read out the names normally. I'm kind of tempted to do it like the Japanese announcer does on the VTR, but oh. you know, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. Joe, 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 Joe. You got to. You got to give us a little taste of it. You do you know how many people commented to me that they fucking went nuts over your your VT? Yeah, you got to just give us a little taste. Give us a little taste, Joe. Ready? Okay, so A Block. We got Makabe Togi, Big Mike, Michael Ergan. What? Tanahashi Hiroshi, Okada Kazuchika, Switchblade J. Waito, Yoshihashi, Badrakofare, Hangman Peiji, Evil, Suzuki Minoru. So that's A block for you. Oh, I'll do the B block wait. normally. No. Oh, that was not wait. We gotta we gotta let that sink in. We gotta we gotta sell that first. What a fucking great job there. You're gonna get the Twitter love on this one. All right. So that's block A. Joel? That's block A. Give us block yeah. B. 
Yeah. What what voice do you want Block B? Oh, we want, want that one. No, we want that one. Okay. So Block B, we got Juice Robinson, Goto Hiroki, Ishii Tomohiro, Yano Toru, Tamatonga, Sanada, Naito Tetsuya, Zack Saber Jr., Kenny Omega, Ibushi Kota. And that's B Block for you. Oh, uh, you're not going to get that on fucking the Voices of Wrestling flagship show. That's for sure. Right? What a Should have locked that behind the Patreon. Oh, that should have been. Yeah, that's, that's, worth, that's worth some money. Wow. You got that fucking nailed. Wow. That's good stuff. Yes. All right. So there you go. So initial thoughts on those 20 entrants, please, Damon. Okay. So first initial thoughts were, and I even I even hit you up. I texted you and I said, you know, not a lot of surprises, right? Not a lot of surprises. Um, and I think everyone, when 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 the names are announced, they're looking for that and you know, that surprise. They're, it's it's kind of like Christmas morning, and you're waking up and you kind of know what you got, and 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 you think maybe that you got that surprise gift that you don't know anything about, but you and you're looking for that pop, and it just doesn't happen. And not to say that you're disappointed, right? But the gifts that you got. And disappointed because you knew it. You, this is what you wanted, right? Um, and I think that's the case here. I think we have a solid Christmas, but you didn't get that surprise that I think people were looking for. Um, I know people are disappointed to see Yoshihashi once again. I know that. There oh was my a god, lar- poor Yoshihashi! He got absolutely eviscerated on my Twitter mentions to start with. I felt sorry for him. Yeah, I mean he's. I, people forget, and again, I, I said this before, that people forget he is really fucking good, right? But unfortunately, again, to use a, a, a past bit, he's a, he's a fucking bag of socks. You know, he's a, he's in a, he. When you see him come into the ring, your disposition and your attitude instantly becomes ah oh, fuck. I gotta sit through Yoshihashi. Right, and even though at the end of the match, nine times out of ten, you wind up saying, "Ah, oh, what a fucking great match! Ah, oh, it was great!" Right, but you see, to be him fair, coming- like even Yoshihashi's face when he's coming out to his own matches looks <laughs> like, "Oh, this shit again." <laughs> right, no doubt. Right, I mean, I get it. Trust me, because I'm, I'm, that's me, to a T. That's me. Um, so I get it. But yeah, I mean, people were hoping people. You know, they work themselves up into a into a fucking lather, thinking about the possibility. Oh, what if Daisuke Sakamoto was was in? Uh, oh, what if uh, fucking Marafuji came back? Oh, what if? Uh, oh my god, a ma- you know, you know, what if? Uh, you know, whoever, right? You know, fucking Zeus or bodyguard or you know, I don't know, Kenta Miyahara, I don't, Joe Doring. Like they 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 come up with these fucking scenarios and then they get disappointed when it doesn't happen when. All along, you're kind of like, mm, okay, uh, this is probably what was going to happen from the jump. And then when the names are announced, then you start getting into the real good stuff of, oh, you're going to see this match? Okay, cool. Oh, you're going to see this match? Oh, cool. And then, oh, you're going to see this match? Oh, fucking great. Now, I'm saying this knowing full well that there's one person that I know broke your heart when it wasn't announced. That that this uh, now heavyweight would not be entering his, uh, if I'm not mistaken, his first G1. 
So I'm going to give you the floor. I'm going to let you vent. I'm going to let you let it out because I know it's been building inside of you for a long time. And this is for you. Every, everyone, hold your hands to the speaker. You're going to have, you're going to have a, a re- religious moment here because Reverend Joel, he's going, to, he's going to sing the gospel for your Lord and Savior, the lack of Tai Chi. Joel, the floor is yours. Now, I knew we weren't going to be podcasting before the G1 blocks came out, and I wanted to do a little preview. So while I was sitting there in my APA hotel room in Osaka, I did a little Twitter thread previewing who I thought would be in the G1. I don't know if you saw that, but I did take quite a while with that, and I broke down all these names that have been popping up and why they wouldn't be coming, why you wouldn't be getting, you know, for example, a, a second motor or Chris Jericho or Shibata or Jeff Cobb, whoever. And I gave a list of 20 names that I thought would be announced. And I got 19 out of 20, and I got one wrong. I thought Taichi would be included, and he wasn't. Hangman Page was put in instead. And we did get questions about that. So um, Matt, the contrarian at Iron Fleet, quite rightly asked, why isn't Taichi in the G1? So we do need to talk about this absolute travesty of justice that is the exclusion of, of our Lord Taichi. Because I think in terms of his heavyweight match singles output, he's been excellent. He had a really good match with Tetsuya Naito. He had a, an excellent match with Tanahashi in the New Japan Cup. And after I saw that, I was all in. I thought, great, I'm ready for Taichi to be in the G1 because he can work that hard-hitting style when he needs to and put on a, a four-star match when he gets that tap on the shoulder that you're always talking about. And also he can do the comedy spots if someone needs a, a night off. So I thought he'd be great at balancing the block. So you have Yano, in one block you have Taichi in the other and you kind of get a similar thing except Taichi with the added bonus that he's more likely to be able to uh, work a, a New Japan heavyweight style match without all the bullshit which Yano leans more heavily on and also Taichi's music is excellent and I was looking forward to hearing that uh, 10 times uh, 10 times nine times throughout the course of G1 10 times when he made the final <laughs> so when the announcements came out I was very upset and um, I I was rude to some people online. I, I upset um, our, our friend Fraser uh, because he he posted a comment on my t- tweet about the G1 block announcements that I knew he previously sent the exact same comment to Chris Charlton. And I saw it because I follow Chris Charlton as well. So I saw his comment. I thought, well, that's a good comment. And then I saw the exact same comment appearing on uh, my Twitter message, which is fine. It was a good comment and there's nothing wrong with that. But I was so heartbroken. I was just like, ah, there's no Tai Chi. And now he's talking to Chris Charlton first. And I was I was a mess. I was in tears. Um, I, I nearly quit at that point. I nearly gave oh. up the podcast. I nearly no. deleted the Twitter account. Oh. Uh, I was just beside myself. But uh, yeah, I think he should have been included. Do you think he should have been included? Um, Look, I, I don't want to break your heart any further. You've been through a lot. Uh, he's not my favorite, right? He's not my favorite. So I'm I'm okay with him not being in it. Now, I will say this. In your defense, you do know that he's going to be taking more losses than wins, right? Like, he would be there to lose. And the people that are, that are, are and I put these in the air quotes, taking his place, right? Those people are losing more than they're winning, right? Hangman Page is losing more than he's winning, right? Um, Yoshihashi is losing more than he's winning. Yano, losing more than he's winning. Are you okay with that? Would you be okay with him losing more than winning and being in the G1? Or do you want to 
maybe save him. I'm going to save him. Yeah, I, I think that's fair enough. I mean, I, I've i got no problem with Hangman Page being put in it. He has also had some brilliant singles matches this year. He's had uh, a great match with Kenny Omega. He had a great match with Kota Ibushi that stole the show at the, the Ring of Honor WrestleMania weekend show. So, Personally, I think Hangman Page deserves the spot. Um, do you think he deserves it over the likes of Taichi, David Finley, Hanare? Yeah, I do. Um, I mean, given who he, David Finley was, kind of one that I was that was like one of my bubble guys. Um, but you know, gun to my head, I think Hangman Page, and I say this again, the stupid fucking air quotes. I think he deserves it, right? Um, you know the way that he's booked. I mean, he's right. I mean, he's he's right there with Cody. He's kind of representing that you know element, that Cody element in in G one. Um, I think he's had a good year. Uh, I think David Finley's had a good year. Um, oh, I don't also, think another ha- thing that's popped into my head. Sorry for interrupting. Is we no, don't get to see Miho Abe throughout the G one. Yeah. yeah, that is a disappointment. I I, I must say that. Uh, Tai Chi becomes much more palatable to me <laughs> with, with the prospect of that. Um, look, you know, some there, there were go, there was going to be a cut somewhere. There's going to be a cut, and you know, I, I'm I'm very happy that we don't have uh, you know both GODs. I'll, I'll be truthful. I was a little disappointed that we don't have any uh, any uh, any of the young bucks. I think that would have been fun. Um, but there's only so many spots. There's only so many spots, and I think I'm okay with who they have. Hanare again is another one that was on the bubble. Um, that those those were the people that that were that you know you could have gone either way, and I think they made the right call with Hangman. Again, I know people are tired of it, but you can't you can't not have Yoshihashi in there. Um, and I don't think any of the guys that I mentioned can replace Yoshihashi. I really don't. I mean, for freshness and for newness, yes, of course. But looking at it realistically, I just don't I don't see how you can hand wave that. Um, that aside, I don't think that there's anybody else that really is glaringly missing. Um, you're not you're not gonna not have Togi Makabe. You know what I mean? Togi Makabe is gonna be fucking in it. Sorry. That's just you, you can't get around that. Um Everybody else deserves to be in there. Folly deserves to be in there. Zach, of course. Sonata, of course. You can make an argument for a Tonga Loa. You can make an argument because here's the thing. Truth be told, he has not necessarily impressed many people when it comes to his G1 output, right? Wait, wait, we're talking Tama Tonga. What did I say? Who did I say? You said Tonga Loa. Uh, yeah, well, Tonga Loa, that, I mean, he does not deserve to be in it. I'm glad he's not. Tama Tonga, yeah. Um, I think there could be an argument made there. Has he impressed? I don't know. Uh, but everybody else, Jay White, of course, he's in. Um, and and again, the the next level of people that you're kind of talking about at this point are, you know, Yano's. Yano's going to be in it. Sorry, I know people. You know, they 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 want to hand wave that. Somebody's got to lose. And I think one thing that Yano does is he always brings that element of a, a win could come at any time. That's what that's what Yano is bringing to the table, not the comedy. Yano is bringing the element of this can happen at any time. This win or loss could happen at any time. That's exciting. That's that's what makes him uh, an important cog in the wheel in this. 
Okay, um, well, a lot of people were whinging about when the participants were announced and saying that it's stale. Um, we've got a question from at Travis Zick, who's asking your thoughts on the fact that there weren't any imports. Have you got any problem with the fact that they didn't bring in any outsiders for this? Uh, in what, in, in what, like outside promotion people, like uh, like they did with Noah before? Or, yeah, like or your second motos, Jeff Cobbs, Chris Jericho's Cody. Well, not Cody, but the other three I mentioned. Well, Cody, here's the thing. Cody, I, I saw somewhere online that he was talking about next year, right? So he said he's, he's almost a definite for next year. So, again, maybe it's scheduling things. Maybe it's not. I, again, I can't see a Chris Jericho being in fucking G1. I just, I not, I just, I just don't think he, that's interesting. And the, the amount of money they'd have to pay him to fucking do this would be astronomical. Because, again, he's the, he doesn't have a contract. He's on, he's on a, he's on a, uh, show by show basis at this point, and even though he is your intercontinental champion, um, so no, I don't see that. No, just as an FYI here, people, you may hear some background noise because my landscapers have arrived. They're cutting my lawn as we speak, and I'm right in front of the window. Um, so uh, no, I, I think Jericho. You, I'm not disappointed in that. Again, it's the element of surprise, right? It's that it's that when the announcements were made, it's oh okay, these are all the things that I wanted for Christmas. Oh, I didn't get the surprise gift under the tree. And, you know, that's all it is. But, again, when you look at these lineups, this is good shit. No, 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 no need to be too disappointed. No need to be too disappointed. Okay. Um, something that could improve it here. Uh, Robert Van Daminator at R Daminator gives you a scenario here. Yoshihashi is forced to change his entrance music to a BG song. Uh, which should he choose? Hmm. i got to be honest with you. I've never been a big fan of the Bee Gees. I, I I just I can't I never like I'll never be going I'll never go to my Spotify and be like oh let me put on some fucking Bee Gees. Um, Robert never write to us again. <laughs> we replace Bee Gees with suede and I'd be uh, fucking all in. Um, okay, so forget that question. You're not a Bee Gees fan. Let's move. I don't on I don't one. really know I don't really know a lot of Bee Gees. Also, I mean I could give you staying alive, but I mean what the fuck's that? How about um. I was going to say forever your girl, but that's Paul Abdul. Um, uh, how about Night Fever? Night Fever. We'll go Night Fever. How about that? Uh, yeah, I think maybe he should redo his gimmick and some sort of like uh, disco gimmick. That would be fun. That'd be nice. Um, got a question from at Musa E. Pestano saying, if you can swap one guy from each block with someone else not in the G1, who will it be? Would you swap anyone or do you think this is the 20 best guys in the company? I think these are the twenty. I think these are the twenty best wrestlers that can fit in a tournament um, without you know killing off people. I, uh, you know, people again. People are going to lose. So the people that are going to lose, I'm totally okay with. Um, and I think these. I, I really wouldn't switch anybody out. I like. I like the. I like the blocks. The only thing I would love to have seen is an, another Ishi Okada match. Um, but uh, no, I'm okay. I, I'm really. I'm. I, I like the way that they, you know, that it turned out. I'm, I'm okay. No, no problems. Okay. Yeah, agree. Um, last question here about uh, participants. This is uh, really out of left field from Sandy Dash Williamson at Downward Spirals. He says, I want to know if Nakanishi ever officially retired from G1 in the same way Tenzan and Nagata did. Can I hold out hope for one last go around? Uh, Nakanishi was last in 2010. Any chance we ever see him green in the G1 again? Zero. Zero. Would you? I mean, I mean, all, all kidding aside, would anybody really want that? That would be. That would uh, be. Sandy I mean, Dash Williamson sounds like. I don't, I don't even think Sandy wants it. 
I don't even think Nakanishi wants it. I don't. No, no one wants to see that. I mean, honestly, you're you're asking the poor guy to 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 shave at least five years off of his life by doing this. This no. This is a no win situation for anyone. Um, I would have no problem with him coming to the ring and him and and them honoring him, right? And and giving him a trophy and a check, a ring, whatever you know, whatever a bowl of ramen, whatever the fuck they want to do. Let's not have him go in the heat of the summer. In the heat of the summer, uh, go three weeks almost nightly. Uh, no, I don't wish that uh, on anyone. Let's 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 no, we're good. Okay, let's get stuck in to the exciting part of the G1 announcements then, because yesterday we got the block announcements. Uh, John Enright at Jay Reasyman asked, which is the tougher block for this year's G1? And uh, Matthew Shaw at Matt Tyson PBW, similar question. How much better do you feel the blocks are compared to each other? Uh, he feels that A is just there to be the Okada Road to Redemption show, but B is just totally unpredictable. So your thoughts on the distribution of talent between the two blocks, please, David? See, I like, see, I I, I mean, I don't know what, what it is, but there's, I, I think A block has so many interesting uh, matches in it. Um, and I know everybody's kind of leaning toward B, but let's not fucking, as the kids say, let's not sleep on A. A has the possibilities of Elgin, well, for again, first night, Elgin versus Evil. That's going to be fucking great. The idea of Okada and Jay White headlining with, the, the, the whole, uh, with, with what feels like chaos on the line, right? I mean, you mean to tell me that is not going to be unbelievable and, dare I say, maybe an upset? Right? They like to do those upsets early. That smells to me like a fucking upset right there. Right? Yeah, no doubt. That that's a nailed on upset there. So you have that. And this is just night one. And it, Tanahashi versus Suzuki. Are you fucking kidding me? It's gonna be great, right? Again, that's just night fucking one. Um Okada on, on the topic though, for all the whinging that people have done about this guy included, that guy included, I think it's quite amusing that the very first match of the G1 is going to be uh, none other than Makabe against Yoshihashi. <laughs> yeah, I know. They're getting it out early, right? And it's probably going to be the first match of the tournament, right? Um, and Foley and Paige, is, that's, 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 Paige has got his fucking work cut out for him. Uh, but here's the thing, Foley's lost a lot of weight too, so you know he might be a little bit more mobile and a little bit more agile. Um, I've got a question be, about Farley, actually. Uh, Luis Uriel Velasquez at Swordfish zero zero eight thirty asks, "How far do you think bad luck Farley gets in this year's G one climax?" Always in the mix. And, oh, yep, it'll be there on the last day. I would have thought. Yep, yep and I agree. He also asks, "Have you heard the theme for the G one climax from Man with a Mission?" He says, "It sounds like something Damon would like." What, what do you think of this song? Um, I didn't really hear the song all that much, truth be told. Um, because I, I think it was on my phone at the time when so they announced made the announcements and then they they had that they, they were like in dog masks weren't they <laughs> right? yes uh, that, okay it's just meant to make sure and it does sound like men on a mission too so I'm waiting for Mo and all that you know um, I didn't really hear the song so maybe I, if if people are saying that might be up my alley I might have to give it a second listen because uh, it is not on my radar right now but. Um, I, I listen. I like Block A, and, and I'll tell you. And again, I think a, my sleeper match that I'm looking most forward to is Tanahashi Elgin. I I think that will be fucking great because I know for a fact that that he is Elgin is is he has that one circled on his calendar. Um, 
Like that, that I know he is fucking excited for that one. So, um, I, and I think that will deliver. Um, but I think Tanahashi Jay White will be good again. I think I, I don't know. I think I think I think people sleeping on the A. I think that's a bad mistake. I think that's going to be really good. And again, B's is, is super loaded. Don't get me wrong, but don't sleep on A. Don't sleep on A. Yeah, uh, B is kicking off with a bang on day two, uh, July 15th. So we've got uh, the main event there of Omega against Naito, which, of course, is a rematch of last year's G1 final. Uh, also a rematch of the 2016 Voices of Wrestling match of the year from their yeah. uh, block final. Uh, now, this one's interesting. There's a bit of build up to this because um, Naito said in his interviews, I heard the IWGP champion criticizing us Japanese wrestlers. You say the Japanese wrestlers are getting too comfortable because we travel less. Don't make me laugh. Not only are you not here today, but you're not anywhere on this tour. Who are you to speak, cabron? And uh, Evil was backing him up and said, the IWGP Championship, which should be the highest among all other titles, is not here today, tomorrow either. You know this is New Japan right here. So what did you make of Kenny's comments about the, the Gaijin uh, doing better than the, the domestic, the Japanese wrestlers? And where do you see this uh, Omega Naito feud going? Well, I mean, we're kicking right off with it, right? A lot of people are... are you know, circling this to be a few a potential uh, uh, main event at the dome, right? Depending upon which way the wind blows, right? Um, I I think this 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 spells to me like if I'm making a pick right now, I'm picking Naito in, in this match, right? I th- I I feel like this is one of those kind of screaming out loud that you know a, a, a future program is being set up right here and now, so. Um, I don't necessarily. I mean, look, Omega. Omega's goal is to make this thing as 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 international as possible, right? So, again, him not being on a show for for you know a series right after he came off of a fucking ninety you know minute <laughs> match, um, I'm okay with, um, and arguably one of the best matches of all time. So. Uh, I'm okay if he takes a week's off and plays some video games with the fucking New Day down in Florida for a couple of days. I think he's earned that right. Okay, um, I agree. Uh, another match that's jumping off the page at me is Naito against Sonada. Uh, of course, we saw Sonada last night refusing to fist bump his LIJ buddy Naito. Um, we've got a question from at Senton Nathan asking, could Sonada be the spoiler for Naito in getting to the G1 final this year? If so, could that add to the teased LIJ dissension and see the breaking off of Sonada into a lone wolf? And if so, what sort of push do you think that Sonada will get from there? Um, I don't... Th- th- Depends on what day that is, right? So it so I'm looking at the first handful of days, and Sonata's got uh, Goto first. He's got uh, Tamatanga next, and then he's got da, 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 Zach, which should be really fucking fun too. Yeah, the, the um, Naito match I think is his penultimate match. This is August the eighth. Okay, and um, yeah, that's the main event of that show. Right, and then uh, hmm. That's a good question. Like the fact that it's deeper in the tournament, you know, points are already on the board, and I'm sure it'll be tight. That would be very interesting, actually. And I think what Naito has Zach on the final night, right? On on the final block night, right? Uh, final block night. Uh, yes, that's correct. Hmm. That's interesting. That might be, um, you know. That's either telling me that Ni- that Zach is doing very well, or Naito uh, may have been 
again, not hurt, hurt, but like hurt point wise when it comes to finals because of that match. That's 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 interesting. Uh, you definitely keep an eye out on that one. That that that's going to be interesting. That match. Do I think it's going to result in a heel, you know, or a, a faction breakup or anything like that? Mm, I don't know. But that's a, that's an interesting take. That, that that definitely puts a new perspective on it. Um, that'll be interesting to see as the, as the tournament progresses because um, a late stage Sonata Naito match that could be very fucking telling going moving forward. And again, having Zach and Naito be the last match uh, for the blocks. Hmm. That's interesting. All right. Very good. All right. Good. 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 Who was that? Who was, who was that person? Uh, that was um, Senton Nathan. All right. Not not as good as uh, Noah's penis, but nonetheless, <laughs> uh, very good. A good job by that person. All right. Uh, what else we got here? Okay, well, I've just made a list of matches that I'm personally excited about. Uh, top of my list is uh, Kenny Omega against Zack Sabre Jr., which is, is a, a rematch of the famous Chipping Sobbery match. Um, I heard about this from at Alan Forel on Twitter. Apparently, there are about 75 people in the building for this one, uh, including young Pete Dunn, who wrestled Fujita Jr., Hayato, and uh, a young Mark Andrews in a, a tiny town called Chipping Sobbery in the UK, which looks straight out of 1870. So that one I'm looking forward to. That's something we talked about on the show a few weeks ago. Um, looking forward to Okada against Suzuki their G1 draw last year was one of my favourite matches last year we're going to get Omega against Yano 3 their G1 match last year was hilarious I love the DVD spot with a present with Yano saying present for you please open present 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 so no doubt they're going to come up with something very, very amusing for that one. Uh, Ibushi against Yano. Like, what kind of madness they're going to come up with? That is also going to be a laugh. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. against Yano. That's bound to be hilarious. Um, both of them comedy geniuses. Evil against Suzuki. That one's very interesting to me. Um, Ibushi against Sanada in a battle of, um, well, the Hunky Boys, I guess. There's another two for you. Noah's penis. Um, Sanada would be my number one hunk for it's worth. Uh, getting like Goto that. against like Ishii like again. The, the, the hair look. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He, he really. I don't know what if it's the the demeanor, the kind of strong, silent thing. Um, he's got a very symmetrical face. Uh, I like the hair. I like the the outfit. I like the music. He's just. Oof. He's hitting all what, the buttons what for hunk. you. Yeah, he's hitting all the buttons for you. All right, nice. All right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, back to my list then. Also looking forward to Goto against Ishii last year. That one was great. Ibushi against Naito. That was absolutely wild last year. Match that kind of got lost in the shuffle, but that was crazy. Those dudes nearly killed each other. Uh, Yano against Ishii, the tag partners going at it. Um, so we've got a question here. Benji at Ripper underscore Moon saying, we all know matches like Omega Ibushi and Okada Tanahashi, etc. will be great. Uh, we'll talk about those matches a bit later, but uh, you have already mentioned, he's asked, what's your sleeper match of the G1? Um, and he's personally looking forward to Zack Sabre Jr. against Omega. Um, at Joby1 Kenobi says, uh, with blocks announced for the G1, love to hear some predictions for less than obvious matches uh, that will push storylines forwards. Uh, Okada Switchblade stands out as an example of a potential chaos implosion. Uh, I think I've already covered that. Damon, any other sleeper matches you want to throw into the mix there? Um, again, I think uh, a lot of the Elgin matches are going uh, under the radar. My personal favorite, like I said, is uh, Tanahashi Elgin. I think that that is one of those matches that I'm, I have circled on mine. Um, Abushi Zack. 
uh, on the first night. Should be amazing, With again, followed up by Naito and Omega. Um, I think Juice and Kota Ibushi is one of those that might might slip by people. And that's I think it's on the second night um, that I actually have circled. I think that would be a real interesting matchup. I, I'm excited for that one. Uh, yes, I am excited for Okada and Jay White, which I think will be great. Uh I, I think th- I'm not disappointed at all. I'm really not. I think I, I, I think this is exactly what we were looking for. Um, yes, again, surprises be damned. Um, I think this is solid. There's plenty of matchups that we've never seen before and plenty of ones that maybe we have seen before that we know we're going to deliver. So I'm all in. Pants are down. Fucking ready to go. Likewise. People always whinge until the blocks come out, and then you start thinking about the potential matchups, and people stop whinging then. I haven't seen anyone complaining since the the, the A block and B block lineups were announced. Um, I've got a couple more scenarios to throw at you before we can start talking about what is going to happen on those final three nights. Got a question from at Final Flash 22. Obviously, Okada is the G1 favourite, but when will we see Omega against Tanahashi? Their only singles match was at New Beginning 2016 for the Intercontinental title, right after Omega moved up to heavyweight. It's been over two years since they've even touched in tag matches. Tanahashi is a G1 dark horse, so your thoughts on maybe Omega and Tanahashi? Well, let me ask you this. What do you think the likelihood of Tanahashi beating Okada in that final block match could happen. I mean, if you want to tell the story about Okada's downward spiral, what Maybe. better way to do it than having him lose to a guy, his old rival who he thought he put in the rear view mirror. I mean, he beat him very comprehensively at Dontaku with only one rainmaker. It will be a really interesting wrinkle in the Okada story. If he, again, he, he overlooks Tanahashi and Tanahashi manages to pull the win out and win the block. What do you say to that? I'm telling you right now, Tanahashi is my block A spoiler. Like, he's my dark horse. Absolutely. Which is amazing that I'm saying it. But, uh, yeah, he'll be in the mix till the very end. There's no doubt about that. And, I, and I'm and i a little hesitant. I don't have the guts to sit here and say that Tanahashi's winning block A. I don't have the guts for that right now. Um, so I'm a little hesitant on that. But I think that that... I would not surprise me, and I know this is hedging my bets, but it would not surprise me to see Tanahashi beat Okada and go to the finals and, and, and win Block A. It would not surprise me, and he's my dark horse. Okay, we've got a similar question from Nicole Rado at Booze Leprechaun, who says, any thoughts on the idea of an Ibushi-Tanahashi G1 final, which continues the story of Tanahashi's slow decline from acehood, along with passing the torch of the Big Four to Ibushi. Ibushi's story has always been one of not reaching or wanting to acknowledge his full potential. I mean, you could go there. This is what makes G1 so great, is that you could sit there and be like, well, they could go in this way because this makes sense. And you can go in this way because this makes sense. I don't want to hand wave it and say, nope, no, no fucking chance because, yeah, absolutely they could go in that direction. Um, why not, right? They, they could. Um, my scenario doesn't work out that way, but, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't think there's anything – that's aside from Yoshihashi making it to the finals that I would be like, eh, probably not going to, well, let me take that back. I mean, I, I'm, there's a handful of people that you're like, okay, but there's, there's more than a handful where you could say, okay, could you see Naito in the, in, oh, let's, let's do it. Joel, could you see Naito in the finals? Yeah, I think 
we're looking at any combination of well, it's got to be either Tanahashi or Kada from block A and then from block B it's going to be Ibushi or Naito I don't see Omega getting into the final actually so do you, I'd say do you, do you think that Ibushi match is the, is the, is the key yeah yeah I do too I do too if we're planting seeds um, that's a great place to plant a seed right there um, with Ibushi getting the win over uh, Omega. So I'm kind of in the same boat as you in the sense that I don't see Omega making it to the finals. And I think that that last night at Budokan, that's a, that's that's a, that's telling. They could have put that match anywhere. Well, I mean, logically it makes sense. Money-wise it makes sense. Filling a building makes sense. And, and, and let's put it this way. What does that tell you? They've already sold all the tickets, though. As soon as the, the tickets went on yeah. sale, and actually before they went on sale, they'd already been bought by uh, people with their, you know, their, their little insiders and the, the fan club and all that stuff. So it's not like they had to put on big matches to sell out those three shows. People are just going to buy tickets anyway because they know they're going to get something brilliant. But um, I mean, let's get stuck into those final uh, block days so we've got uh, the block a final uh that's on august the 10th at budokan hall uh top two matches we've got jay white against evil followed by tanahashi against okada uh three summer at Ossi prores asks is jay white a threat in the g1 do you think he's going to play a factor in who makes the finals and liam at little bro hiromu asks is it as easy as okada winning block b or do you see someone else doing so and how do you see block a playing out damon so top two matches again jay white against evil tanahashi against okada well, again, I think Jay White absolutely is in the mix there, right? I think it's I think it's telling. Um, I, I mean, look, I can't sit here and say that I know and fantasy book this fucking shit out. I, I got I got days to worry about that when Voices of Wrestling, which I'm sure will have their G1 pick 'em pool. Um, but I would have to think that the the just just looking at the first couple, just looking at night one and the last night. This is pretty telling um, for Jay White. Do I think this is a matter of Okada just winning the block A? Again, I would not surprise me to see Tanahashi, again, Tanahashi and Okada at the end of August 10th, Budokan. And then the next night, Abushi and Omega. It's, it, it, it's, you know, it's pretty fucking telling. Um, it, it's between, it's, 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 to me, it's those four, right? It's those four that 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 are in the mix. It's not Naito, right? It's not. Um, it's not Jay White. It's it's Tana, Okada, Abushi, Omega. That that that's that's what we're building toward. So when you're doing your pick and pulls and my <laughs> work your way backwards, right? <laughs> work your way backwards and make the points fucking fit because that's really what we're looking at right here, right? It's it's spelled out for us. Tanahashi Okada, Abushi Omega, of those four, who's making it to the finals? Could you go Tanahashi Abushi? Yes. Yes, you could. Could you go Okada Abushi? Yes. Yes, you could. Could you go Omega Okada again? Yes. You could. How I see it being played out, Abushi Okada. I do see Abushi Okada uh, as the final for the G1. Uh, but could you go in any other direction and have it make sense and have it be great? Yep, you could. And that's what makes it great. 
Okay, well, let's think about this Block B final. Uh, those matches will be on August 11th. So the top two matches, we got Naito against Zack Sabre Jr. And then Omega against Ibushi, of course. Do you think Zack Sabre Jr. is going to be in the mix in the final day? Because he's got a massive push following the New Japan Cup. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think, you know, Jay White is going to be in the mix. Evil will be in the mix. Um I'll tell you what, that last night, Fale and Suzuki, look, the way they booked, look, just, 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 let's just go back to the best of the Super Juniors and how it was a log jam until the last couple of days, right? That's exactly what we're going to see here. Fale will be in the mix. Suzuki will be in the mix. Uh, Zach will be in the mix in, the, in Block B, Naito. Um, but I think when it all is said and done and the wash is done, Tana Okada, Abushi Omega, that, that's, that's where... That's where you got to set your sights. And then it's of those four who's going to the finals. And and to me, Abushi is the guy that's going to the finals. And then it's a pick em between Tana and Okada. Let's talk about this Kenny Omega-Kota Ibushi match, which is the match that is on everyone's lips at the moment. Um, a lot of interesting interviews from the man himself, from Kota Ibushi. Uh, he tweeted out, got the translation from Chris Charlton. Uh, Ibushi said, it's nearly summer after six years back where I thought I'd never be again. Budokan, my band's been lifted. Oh, and I have a match with him. And there were also some interesting interviews. Uh, he made some comments about Kenny Omega's title win. Uh, he said, the moment it happened, uh, I was delighted. I wanted to congratulate him from the bottom of my heart. But a few seconds later, I was thinking, why aren't I in this ring having wrestled tonight? I wasn't booked. It felt weird. Honestly, I was thinking, what am I even doing here? It's easy to think he's going to keep moving forward and we're going to move apart. But tranquilo, which is oddly stealing a line there from Naito, I said Naito. People can think that, but I just have to get results. And that starts in the G1. Um, and he was talking about the, the infamous dive off the Budokan balcony that got him banned in the first place. He says, I did it and I admit I knew it wasn't allowed, but somebody told me that the Budokan wasn't going to be used for wrestling ever again, so I thought, screw it. Uh, Ibushi bowed down and apologised, but could in fact be banned from the building. I don't know. It was six years ago. Will it be okay? Will I actually be banned? If I'm not in the G1, I really don't know what I'm going to do. Well, until then, tranqui. And then he stopped himself there. So oh. some really interesting comments there. And I think we need to give a little victory lap for uh, Nicole Rado at Booze Leprechaun, who pointed out um, a good few weeks ago that the G1 dates at Budokan are a few days short of the 10th anniversary of Omega debuting in Japan, uh, which was Ibushi Omega 1, and a few days shy of the 6th anniversary of Ibushi Omega 2. So um, question from Tyler Fornes. How surprised are you that Ibushi and Omega are in the same block? This will be the first G1 that he will have watched. So how they set up the blocks is something uh, he's not familiar with, but it does, however, seem odd uh, to him as a newer fan that they aren't in separate blocks. Um, at Velkej Bracker pointed out that they were last year in separate blocks too. When they announced that the G1 finals would be in Budokan, it made too much sense to put them together on one of the final three nights. So what are your thoughts on this matchup, Damon? Do you think they're blowing it too early or should we trust in Gado? And is someone going to dive off of the balcony? Uh, it depends on if you think you were seeing um, an eventual storyline lead to Omega and Ibushi. Right, so if you feel that way, um, yes, I can see where you would feel that they're they're going in a little bit early on this. Um, I don't, I don't. I think that again, we had, you know, we. I don't want to say we've waited long enough, but I'm trusting in the sense that uh, this is going to be the right time 
because again, I don't, I can't sit here and say definitively that Tokyo Dome is building toward Omega and Ibushi. If it is, maybe. If it's not, obviously not. So, um, I look. I think that Abushi and Omega could could do the dome. I really do, and I think it's I, I I think if if they have six months to build it properly and do it right, um, I think they could. I I don't know if everybody in the company is as confident as I am in the sense that they could do this. Um, maybe this is something to test the waters. I don't know. Tickets are already sold, right? From 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 what you were saying, Joel. So I mean, it's it's it might be a moot point. Um, I'm okay with it right now. Um, and as a matter of fact, I think it lends to a lot of drama for this final. I think it lends to a lot of drama for this final. So, um. I think it's weird that Ibushi would mention that, you know, he, was, he felt weird that he wasn't booked. He was the same guy that said, I'm going to be in this corner and I'm going to support him. And I'm going to be, you know, he kind of took himself out of the, you know, if we're looking at it from a pro wrestling fan perspective, he took himself out of the picture because he said he's going to be in his corner to support Kenny and be there and blah, blah, blah. Um, seeds, kids, seeds. And I think this finals match is going to just be another seed. I don't, this is not the this is this might be the second match between the two, the first in New Japan, but it certainly is not going to be the last. Yeah, but who wins and who goes through to the final? Abushi. So you think it's a clean win for Abushi? One, yeah. two, three in the middle of the ring. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and to me, that sets up a future Abushi Omega championship match. That's that's why we're doing this, right? Right. That, that's that to me. That's that that makes that makes the most sense. I, I think that's the direction that we're going. Yeah, you could well be right. Um, interesting enough, uh, Evan Deadly Sins found a poll on a Japanese wrestling blog where people were voting the final that they wanted, and they voted evil against Ibushi as the final they want, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, we've got a question from Ahmed B at Shadow of Math. He says, uh, number one, keep up the good work, both of you. Um, thank hmm. you very much, Ahmed. Um, oh, there's more. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> he says, why are people predicting Ibushi versus Omega at Wrestle Kingdom? Uh, it will happen before that. So, I mean, I guess he's right in a sense. Uh, but he says their aim is to sell out the Dome and only one match can sell out the Dome. And he thinks that's Omega against Okada, a fully focused and trained Okada. Naito seems out of it. Or he thinks they're saving Okada versus Omega for 2020. Maybe Omega tying the total defenses record and having Tanahashi versus Omega for 2019. I saw a good take from Evan Deadly Sins, which I think could be uh, something we're going to get. Skeptical of predictions of Okada versus Naito at Wrestle Kingdom 13 because New Japan has said that they're really gunning to pack the dome for Wrestle Kingdom 14 since January the 1st, 2020 is on a weekend. So it makes sense to to me, that is to Evan, that their biggest ticket selling match, Okada Naito, would be preserved for the biggest opportunity in 2020. Um, question at Final Flash 22. Would love to see Ibushi win setting up Omega versus Ibushi at the Dome, but since the winner gained the right to main event Tokyo Dome in 2012, the winner of the G1 has always been in the opposite block of the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. So all those things considered, looking ahead to Wrestle Kingdom 13, what do you think we're getting? I think they could do it. I don't want to like. I remember sitting here and 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 
I don't necessarily think I got blasted, but I I kind of got taken to the uh, uh, you know to the woodshed a little bit in the sense that where I was like, well, no, you got a headline. Wrestle Kingdom with Okada, Omega, or excuse me, Okada and Tanahashi, and that's really about it. That's all you got, and maybe Night. I don't think that's the case now. I, th- I, I, I don't. I, I truly and honestly believe that, given the proper build, and and they have six months to do it, that that you could easily do Omega and Ibushi. I, I I really think that people want that. I really think that that's what they want. Um, and maybe I'm just projecting it, but I I I think that that's the fresh matchup. I think there's a the built-in storyline. I I I think casuals would dig it. I think I don't know. I I I I know the North American audience would lose their fucking skull. Like like that that would be. You know, I I just think that's what what I think that's what Wrestle Kingdom wants. I think it's it's what Wrestle Kingdom needs, and I think they could actually sell more tickets with that than an Okada Naito. I know that might be a fucking asinine thing to say, but I really think that they could they could with the proper build and the proper and and, and they're already in the in the right path that Omega and Abushi at the Dome could do very well. It could do very fucking well. Yeah, I agree. I think that is the match. Personally, I want to see if that is the match that they're putting on in the headliner. I will be seriously tempted to fly out to Tokyo once again because, uh, like you say, it's a story that has been built for like a decade now. So, what an incredible match that would be from these two guys. I've said before, like they know each other inside out. They've known each other for ages. They trust each other, and I'm sure they would tear the roof off of that building. So, and it would be new and fresh, Joel. Like yes, like like they. Here's the thing. I will I will never turn down an opportunity for an Okada Omega match. I'll never do it, right? And I don't want to say that the story is 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 over and there's an exclamation point on it because there is that that redemption story that that Omega or excuse me that Okada has to to kind of find his groove once again. But to me I I just see the freshness and and to me, the only reason, well, there's two reasons why you would do Omega and Okada again. One is you know that you're going to get a great match. You know that. So from a pure masturbatory, I love pro wrestling point of view, yeah, I would love to see that. Two is that redemption story for Okada. So the only way you go with that, the, the end result is Okada's winning that title back, right? You can't have... Kenny Omega pin Okada after for for a redemption story that would uh, that would blow my mind at the, at especially at the fucking dome. To me, it's it's a tension, it's a it's a friendship, maybe almost kind of on the edge of being lost, and two guys that are that have built this storyline to fight over th- this this title, which to me is the most prestigious. To me, that's a more compelling, fresher, new storyline than a redemption story for Okada. It really is. I I don't I I I, I see it as as a fresh element of of fresh. I, I'll say fresh five hundred times. But again, aside from a redemption story from for Okada where he has to win, 
I just think that there's so many different ways that you can go with Omega and Ibushi. I, 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 gun to my head, you telling me what I want for Wrestle Kingdom? I want Abushi Okada. Excuse me, Abushi Omega. My bad. Oh, what a swerve that would have been. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. I think that would be uh, a classic and definitely going to break Dave Meltzer's scan and lead to lots more uh, tedious arguments on Twitter about uh, mm. the nature of reviewing wrestling matches. Yeah, it's what we all need. All right, what else we got here? I gotta, I gotta go to the doctor soon. I gotta get fucking medicine for my eye before it falls out of my socket. I look like fucking Vader at this point. All right, I'm gonna give you two more questions. Uh, Sean Blanford right. at Movie Burb asks, uh, with no Jericho in the G1, how will New Japan handle the Intercontinental title, and who could be in that match at Rest Kingdom 13? Uh, his bet is Jericho Okada if Okada doesn't win the G1. Hmm. Well, I don't think it does the Intercontinental title any favors. I'll be truthful. Right, it's it's definitely on the shelf for a couple of months. Um, 